Why am I, where, who the hell is Gene or Oscar? I don't know. Why am I misremembering someone's name as Gene or Oscar and their name doesn't sound anything like Gene or Oscar? I, Stupid friggin' brain chemicals don't make any sense no. on a user level. This is just ridiculous. I, I want a new one. What the fuck's going on down there? I'm just hoping I can run my Shadow Play deck without having to, to divvy up any other cards. But if I if I if I put my Shadow Play deck together and I fill in some of the gaps on my want list, I know I can make also an Insecticon deck. Uh, yeah. If I if I find some boosters there and pull a Grimlock, I can put together a Dinobot deck. Um, not a good one because I don't have I don't have Dino Chomp. But Grimlock seems to be like the keystone. Yeah. For any sort of Dinobot stuff, because the other four Dinobots are like two of what is it? Like two of them are vanilla. One's vanilla. Oh. Um, Swoop has an ability to self heal on his flip side, oh, which, yeah, which yeah, gives yeah, the yeah. damage to the enemy. Swoop's okay; he's cheap, but um, it's not like that's a Dinobot thing. The other yeah, two are very well, Dinobot. Snarl's very Dinobots matter. Yes, yeah, so Snarl is is half Dinobot, half card advantage in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the keystones are Grimlock and Sludge. Grimlock is the, the driver, and Sludge can team heal ridiculously so. Because uh, mm-hmm. Sludge, Sludge's wording, and it's confirmed, it's not just that you can move damage onto him, it's he can take any amount of damage off of your team, even if it's, like, triple his own HP. He can take all of it. He'll die immediately, but he can take, like, 45 damage off of your team if your team had that much health. And then if you have uh, I Still Function, then he can pop back in and do it again uh, mm-hmm. whenever you need it to. So he is, with I Still Function, he is two team heals uh, in one character, and it's, it's like, ridiculous. Uh, so realizing how this game works, there are some really cool ideas in this game that a lesser game, which this should have been by all accounts, would have not allowed to happen, especially when pressed. But these guys are so good with their FAQ coverage, it's fantastic. Anyway, hi TJ, welcome to the show where we're talking about card games. How are you doing? Or are um, you actually back? No, I know, I'm here. I'm here. All right. He he just he just needed to hit the mute button as to not snore. Well, <laughs> it's true. We are talking sludge tech. Uh, but TJ, welcome to WTFTFW. Oh, thank you for having me. No worries. It, it is a Transformers TCG podcast that we're very proud to be. My co-host, usual co-host here, Aaron, uh, or as hey. we, we like to call him, uh, Card Slinger Aaron, uh, as he's known yeah. uh, on the leaderboards. Um, yeah. Aaron, I'm gonna. Uh, I started this on a on I think actually it's a private Facebook chat. I can't remember anymore, but I'm gonna beat you. Uh, at TFCon, at cards, at probably. Cards. But the fun thing will be is I won't care enough. Like I'll be having fun with it, and you're just going to keep ramping it up and getting more and more fired up, and then I'm just going to like make some dumb jank thing that gonna, just hurts you in some other way. I'm going to hollow out Aaron's deck. I'm going to. He's going to think his deck is working fine for the whole game, and then at the very last second, he's going to realize that deck is all skin, because the bones and the muscle and the organs, they've all been removed uh, surgically by my shadow play. And then I just pull out a magic deck and play that while you're playing Transformers. I'm tempted to bring my modern deck, just in case, 
but like it seems really silly it's so dumb it's like you have you get into card games and you're like oh i can just bring a deck with me and then that turns into i could bring 18 different decks for 18 situations with me simple makes total yeah. sense yeah so, that's where i'll i'll be bringing a binder with me so my not to keep this going sorry tj my transformers cards <laughs> i got this two-sided binder and they're perfectly fitting into one side of the binder i don't know what to put in the other side more transformers cards no no though all of them fit on this is a good binder uh, more transformers cards they all I, I, they all fit more transformers they cards. still all fit it just doesn't stop fitting buy two cases when they're out in canada i will i was almost gonna not ask boxes you, not boxes hey son i'm not cases. i'm not i'm not saying i misheard you but okay i was gonna ask i was almost gonna ask you like you know what aaron yeah i'll take you up on it get me another box but i was like no I want to support the Canadian release of this game that I am currently pre-enjoying. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Anyway, I wanted to open up with a listener question, because I thought this was a neat listener question, and this kind of gets us going before we get into all the big toy news today. This comes from Shadowcon LM14, who says, uh, Hi, Evangelist and crew. Question. With over 30 years of fiction behind it, the Transformers home planet still feels historically and culturally barren. Even War for Cybertron and IDW never treated Cybertron as politically multifaceted. Have any of you felt similarly? What uh, would a Cybertron with multiple governments look like? Do you think past continuities have done this justice already? Thanks for asking. So I'm just going to say it. My immediate reaction to this question is, how did you specifically say IDW hasn't done this? Yeah, that's when I read that question, I had to read it twice because I know that IDW has has treated like pre-war cybertron and it was still kind of i guess i i guess i could maybe see where he's coming from because it's like it's a mono government mono a mono government that's that's what i suspect i i am because i if you're gonna say idw didn't uh fill uh cybertron with culture i would just disagree Uh, right that's kind of the that's been not the backbone but that's been like the permanent side dish to the last five years of their books basically uh, and there's still some some good uh, hors d'oeuvres of it in the in the first uh, seven or so years of those books, right? So um, it's not like there's, I mean, there's no like there's lower no... level political sections well, that are out there. We're not only... seeing like states or or things like that going on. Yeah, there, there's always a mono government, uh, either a mono government ruling the entire planet, or such sheer civil war chaos that everyone's an army man uh, right and and i i can understand where that's coming from like specifically culturally i think idw has done the best of uh, filling out um the transformers home planet idw is what is i say the phrase a lot but it's what has done a huge amount of work to make transformers into legit sci-fi in a world building level um mm-hmm. technically i think one could say if you're gonna go multi-government it wasn't just on cybertron Marigreed scott did tons of work with the colonies to introduce like kind of a multi-government notion even if it isn't just the one planet yeah um, that, I mean, that i'd definitely say for sure yeah. I, for me it always feels like that's how you have to do it with transformers because like in in earth we have all these different cultures and different governments because things are separated by you know, big rivers and seas and oceans or canyons and mountains and all these people who can't reach each other. Cybertron doesn't have any of that, and a good portion of the population can fly in one form or another. So you don't have nearly as much cultural separation going on. 
like inbuilt like, interconnectivity. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And, so and, like the mono government good... always made sense to me that way. Yeah, and, and that's also I just wanted to say a really good parallel to draw as far as like um, this is a podcast I did with Mikey a long time ago, but like the the basic humanization of a lot of fiction to to draw parallels to our own lives is like that. It's, it's a good I think it's a good parallel you drew there of like what is to us the crossing the oceans in this fiction is you know crossing the stars. I do think it would be really cool in future to have a Cybertron where it's like they are for one reason or another, confined to maybe continents or sections on the planet, uh, where it's not at war necessarily, it's just there are different segments of the planet with different ruling bodies. I think it would be neat to figure out why, uh, especially if there was a way to figure out why that didn't get inherently functionist, of like, this is the truck colony, and this is the cargo airplanes with three windows colony. So we're, so we're going <laughs> Cybertron with this. Like, like Cybertron kind of, in a way, pioneered some of those ideas uh, in, in the fiction, I think. Yeah, well, that's basically where the colony world idea comes from. Yeah, right. and uh, and it would be kind of cool to see like a, a fiction that did crush that back down to just being the one planet, uh, maybe even making the planet physically larger uh, than it usually is depicted. Um, that or you just have reasons for you have some sort of like grand chasm, and so then you know, yeah, some flyers can get around it, but it's like have some sort of physical limit to their ability to fly so when, or, when or some were, uh, other thing. When, or, when TJ, when, when TJ was um, mentioning the whole thing about, you know, oceans versus crossing the stars, the first thing my head thought of was just this most like the most friggin' transparently like video gamey plot devicey reason ever is like, there are oceans. There's just a cop standing there and he's like, you can't come through here right now. No, there's, there's, <laughs> there's oceans, but they work like the energon fields in beast wars where for some reason fully vertically they're just projecting energon that you can't cross <laughs> without shorting out yeah. and falling into the ocean and i was like that's like that friggin superman n64 game with the fog everywhere where there's a plot reason behind why they can't have a good draw it's, distance yeah so it's like any game that tries to be like it's an open world except if you go too far this way you immediately start dying so yeah don't go which, off the plot rails. We, we which didn't is, really think of this. It is some of my favorite fiction. Though. Like City of Heroes, always you know, rest in peace. Always had one of my favorite ones, which was the War Walls, uh, which were the boundaries to each zone. Except they were physically giant force field barriers, and it's like these are here because our city got so utterly demolished by the Richti invasion. Like we had to segment it into pieces to seal off parts of the city, and and then afterwards to just have some semblance of infrastructure as we try to rebuild everything uh so it's really funny because it's like giant force fields plus a very basic um monorail skyline system to go from zone to zone all these superheroes sitting on rapid transit basically uh so it's like the cuts or the uh, fast travel scenes in spider-man yeah except like on like an even larger scale <laughs> like if you're if it was spider-man but also if superman had to do that because <laughs> he can't fly through the war walls they're too big um but just going going outside of the the idw thing uh going into more of what this question is asking um cause i think we talked about like what it could look like with multiple governments to a sense um outside of idw i think again we touched on it um cybertron galaxy force did a pretty cool job of touching again on on the idea of colony worlds or at least like other planets that seem a that seem like kind of as valuable as Cybertron in their own eyes. Like, you know, everyone on Beast Planet probably thinks that their planet's the coolest planet, where, you know, they're not thinking like, oh, Cybertron's the home world, but, 
you know, we're just a colony. Like, they're probably like, no, um, I forgot what it was called now. Beastie, Beastatopia is the center of the universe, because <laughs> that's why we live here. It's, it's the best one. Um, but the only other thing I could think of in past continuities, really, was Beast Wars had some really cool hints with the notion of both the, the government, the post-G1 government, and the Tripredicus Council. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, some really neat ideas in there, sending a Decepticon agent, you know? Um, like it, there, there were hints in that, because you could hear them mention things like... There's just the way they the way they phrase things. You can yeah. hear like there's okay, there's a maximal ruling party that has total control right now, and then Predacons are just either a rebel faction or a or a, like a lower government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love it if it was like so very big biases here. I'd love it if it was more if it was more like the system I have here at home, where it's like also those aren't the only two parties that matter like like imagine if we could go back roll in some of what else we know now and it's like yeah the maximals uh generally run things uh the predacons are kind of the main opposition um in 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 the parliament but also maximals are only really in charge because they formed a governmental coalition with the minicon party uh who formed some years ago from all the small robots uh yeah you can well, you could take all of those old faction names, you know, just the Autobot Decepticon, but Maximal, Predacon, even, you know, Viacon, if you want to stretch it that far, Destron, yeah. whatever, and just have them all spread out over the planet. Oh, I'd love mm-hmm. that. Like, like, I mean, when they've done it in other, I think comics and other shows have sometimes done that with things where it's like, this was a team name, now we're going to turn it into a, you know, a faction name or a, like, sometimes even like a, a, a cyber genotype of, of Transformers. Um I love the idea of like there. Here's a straight up uh, Cybertronian United Nations. All these different Cybertronian continents and 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 uh, whatnot, and they're all just like all the different insignias and faction names like over the course of the, the the franchise's history. Like what the difference would be between the Decepticons and the Destrons, I think would be fascinating. Right. Uh, Man, now I just have the whole idea of like based off of their symbol, laying it out, and like okay. Autobots are like this, and then the, you know, this is the 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 movie Autobots with their slightly well, different one, have, or, yes. a, or an offshoot clan, and then well, like you, the the car robots uh, Destrons with it upside down. While they seem like this, it's instead. Uh, oh man, that could that could be a whole like. You could spend an hour or two with people coming up how the different things. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, like like your movie, like your movie Autobots are like your chaotic good alignment. Your Decepticons are chaotic evil. Lawful evil are the Destrons. That kind of thing. Yeah, like and you know, throw in like stuff like Elite Guard being like it's been done before. But I always like taking the Elite Guard symbol and going like, yeah, these are these are the the like the really the government controlled super police who inherently are kind of freaky because uh, they tend to try to they tend to convince their recruits to to you know shift chassis into auto trooper bodies, which is sort of freaky. They're, they're all going so to... then like the wreckers with the the hammer in the middle of the crest is that like a religious caste thing well i mean Th- we're then have... it's become like warriors we're gonna have wreckers with the hammer right but also wreckers with the blue symbol and like maybe those are two different ideas like there's the official government oh the red wreckers versus the blue wreckers yeah there's the the government recognized wreckers team but then there's also the ones who are like that the government 
polluted the idea of the records as set forth by Impactor. We're the, we're the, uh, what do you call it? Like the true heirs of true the heir reckoning. We are, we are, we are first indoctrination records. We run things the way Impactor. Maybe we're under the, maybe we're not sheeple and we're under, you know, government oversight, but we know what we're like, you know, and they're completely flat off Cybertronians, the flat Cybertronians, flat Cybertronians being the friggin' Blendtrons or whatever. I was, I was, I was going with, I was, I was thinking G one or Wreckers. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, there, this idea is rife. Uh, they're, they're, like even that whole thing of like, yeah, when, whenever they've taken a symbol and flipped it upside down, like the, the car robot Destrons, like, uh, I I like the idea of the movie symbols being kind of like the, these are the officially recognized symbols, and everyone who uses the normal ones, like the older, less pointy ones, are like, you know, as far as the rules, as far as the law, it's the same symbol. But this is like a decision made to show that like I prefer uh to 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 adhere to a certain moral uh set of code, like the people that get super preachy about free range, something like that. Yeah, this is my non GMO. <laughs> designated insignia uh yeah i i like this idea quite a lot <laughs> um i feel like i apologize ShadowCon. We, this is all it's kind of in line with your question kind of turning into its own separate thing uh we may need to like print out go actually you know what see if we can get um repro labels to sponsor a thing to get us a sheet with all the different stickers <laughs> Oh, of man. all the different faction symbols. And then we can use one of your, like, I'm just going to talk in front of people panels and, and come up with what the, make like, up like, this, like, this, like the, just the, like, the genealogy breakdown of, okay, th- these are a related group. This is a related group. There's cross between these. And we present it as though it's all 100% proven canon. We don't have time to explain it, but if you were a true fan, you would know what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, I like this idea a lot. Um, d- before we move on, can you guys think of, like, going back to, like, the real meat and potatoes, the original question, like, as far as far as presenting the culture, the history, the politics of Cybertron, is there any other one, like, like stuff that touched on that in a way that really uh, pops into your head? Like, I'm trying to think. I feel like, like, rid car robots with the whole interdimensional patrol thing was, like, th- between that and Kiss Players uh, crossing the timelines, like, there was some interesting stuff in there, just it didn't really get, like, like, not, like it was there, there's lots of it. But it never got like teeth sunk into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, I just can't. I can't think of anything else specifically. Um, yeah, I can't either. I mean, M- Mirage hunts Turbo Foxes in his <laughs> his bio. I mean, the like IDW yeah. did kind of lampshade the whole thing when Thundercracker pointed out, well, Earth culture changes all the time, and we're just kind of the same after four million years. Hmm. Now, the, man. I'm not going to talk about the comics because they're they're still going on. But yeah, um, in my opinion, the biggest answer to this question is IDW has done a ton to fill out the, an an idea of Transformers culture. Um, but absolutely, it, it it does often like I think it, you know for dramatic purposes, not necessarily for a lack of trying. It goes back to a mono government thing because it's so far the the world story of transformers is based on the idea of a corrupt ruling body that Megatron and Optimus both tried to take down. And in doing so tragically became each other's worst enemy. 
which is a good origin story. It's it's not a bad place to start things from, but as far it's also becoming a bit of a monomyth, I believe is the phrase I heard. Um, yeah. And it would be cool to see something that maybe. I don't need it to have been like good times everywhere. It's just like the, you know, the corrupt Senate, the evil primes, uh, you know, Zeta and Sentinel. Like it's now I think I think we've kind of gotten almost every good version of that monomyth, <laughs> if that makes yeah. any sense. And plus it's like so, OK, there may be the ideas of like there are these lower level breakdowns, but then how does that make a a story interesting? Do we hear about the the trade disputes between crystal city and Kaon and what, like any, anything like that could be accomplished just as well at a larger scale and feel more impressive. I think, I think that like, I agree with you, but I, I think that like the way it could work, keeping it all on one planet would be to figure out like some reason why they've all got to be there, which right. unfortunately does introduce like a very toy commercially like inherent warfare state. But like, you know, to, to take it away from being like just two armies fighting each other um, and to borrow a bit from IDW, wouldn't it be cool if there was a setting where it's like in this continuity before their civil war could get completely out of control intergalactically, the rest of galactic civilization actually confined them to their planet. They were like, mm-hmm. until you have sorted out, until until we have deemed that you're a functioning society, you are not to leave your planet, and we will have guns floating in space pointed at your planet until we deem that your planet is... And then you can also roll in the obvious, interesting, you know, long-term uh, story of, like, what if intergalactic government has corruption in it that is making sure they're never seen as a fully fledged society, even though like in this continuity, they straight up have like, uh, you know, 23 separate recognized independent uh, continents on their planet now uh, who are all functioning, you know, intertwinedly as well as any 23 continent planet would be functioning. And and maybe the crux of the story is that all of the Cybertron is starting to question like, hey, wait a second, like we, we actually are functioning. Why are we still considered so dangerous? Uh, I think that would be a really cool story, too. Um, which, damn it, I just said it out loud. I think it would be really cool, which means it'll never happen because it's, you know, the the Murphy's Law about that. That's, mm-hmm. man, anyway, I like this question, even though I immediately had a reaction to the whole, like, IDW didn't even, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which I, I completely respect, by the way, dear listener who is about to type it. Not everyone enjoyed uh, the IDW comics all the way through. Uh, I didn't enjoy a whole chunk of them in the, uh, the second quarter. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying they are, ob- uh, what's the word? Objectively, uh, perfect. Although it's, now I'm starting to want to get into the whole objective versus subjective thing, which is a waste of everyone's time. So let's talk about bot bots. Uh, bot bots are bigger For another than... waste of everyone's time. Aaron, what? do you hmm? not like the bot bots? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they're cute and interesting. I'm trying to. I'm like, sure. I'm like. I'm like. Do I have to aim the internet at you? <laughs> no. Um. I don't think it's going to be a thing that I get heavily into, but I know that like Alfie will because this is both Transformers and the weird little kitschy blind packy and Shopkins Shopkins That's, style uh, thing. So. I've learned from this news story that the world at large uh, uses Shopkins as the word for this kind of thing. That's that's the default thing. Okay. Yeah, that's the Kleenex. So then the Shopkins. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, what, what these are, by the way, dear listener, in case you don't know, uh, these are Transformers doing Shopkins in their own way. They are small, cute Transformers who turn into everyday objects. Um, really fantastic artwork going with all this stuff. Uh, the toys themselves are very simple. And here's the thing for me, at least. If these if these were just these robot modes, uh, I'd say the artwork is great. The robot modes are adorable. Maybe I might get one on a whim, but I'll probably just skip it. There's huge sirens coming because they heard Aaron didn't like bot bots. He's fine! He said he likes them. He just doesn't want to buy them all. It's it's a gag for the show. Come on, people. Oh, God. They, come, they, got, this, they got the siege ladders and everything. Okay, they're going away. Um, what... I think was the most genius thing to do here. Uh, I don't know if it was necessarily like fully for these reasons, but all of these things are three to five step transformers that go from, you know, everyday object to robot mode. These all actually transform and not in just one step. Uh, I said it on Twitter. This must've been what was just stating inside the cocoon. That was tiny turbo changers. Cause I had a feeling something was growing in there and I didn't know what, and I yeah. think these are what the, it was. So the transformations appear to be very like old Happy Meal toy esque. And I, yeah, but but like because I was going to say that was my first thought, but at the same time it was a thought I had that was not even meant to be a dig on these. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. Like, it's and, like a it loving, is, it's like a loving homage almost. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like mean, like that, what? Oh, it, they transform like what you remember the Happy Meal toys transforming like, not yeah. what they really do. Yeah, like, what it reminds me of are when Happy Meals did their own t- Transformers of, like, the McDonald's food. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, like the, that, the food Transformers. Yeah, that feels like the G1 to this. Yeah. Right. And, that's why and like I said, it's, it's, how, it's, how you th- it's how you remember them transforming, not how they actually transformed. But, like, yeah. Because how you remember them transforming is like, not, like. Okay, you you pull this thing and then you you pull the top of the shake cup up and then I it's pull, transformed. I pull it. the bun up. I turn the bun sides into arms. There's yeah. clicking a robot noises now. Well, the the thing about these that I, another thing that I think is genius is uh, these are all original characters and they are all dripping with character. Uh, it's insane how, how dripping these are with character on a level akin to how I felt. I think about halfway through Rid 2015 when I was like. How are these Decepticon designs so good and not getting toys? Uh, these ones at least are designed from the ground up to be at least like simple little toys, which are being sold in uh, there's teams. There's a bunch of different teams all themed around stuff. The best part is there's a toilet. There's a toilet troop team. And it's perfect. Uh, but there's also like I think it's like uh, two or three packs of figures per team. Um, there's Yeah. So, yeah. So. Per the teams, it's like you get two of the things from that team and a couple others from other teams. Yeah, there's a whole, like, here, there's, like, a bunch that you see in the package and then one that's hidden. And I think the, the thing I'm not clear on is if the hidden one is actually random or if it's, like, the World of Nintendo stuff for a while where it's, like, what's in the question mark block? And it's completely predetermined. You know exactly what's in the question mark block. Um, Some of the other ones, since Alfie has collected these, those are, in other lines at least... Um, random, or it will be one of their rares by whatever their card is that's like collect them all. But is it going to be then, like the tiny turbo an equal number of rares where it's like there you don't know what's in any of these, and then there's also an alphanumeric code starting with a letter through of A through right. N on the the back of the bag. Maybe there's there's big enough of a thing. Actually, what I'm seeing is that red plastic. I wonder if that's something that you could like shine your light a fl- on. 
hit like, a flashlight or the light off of your phone at the bottom of it and get an idea of what it is. And, yeah. But the, the teams, just for reference, the Sugar Shocks, the Techie Team, the Toilet Troop, the best one. Uh, the Are these just the bot, bots? Jock Squad. The Greaser shed Gang. Heads, yeah, the Heads. And jock, the Greaser Gang. Yeah, these are... I love this. And I would not be buying any of this if it was, if it was not transforming, because I went through that with the little repugnance that I got who doesn't transform. And it was cute, but like, mm-hmm. it, it's weird. I'm someone who keeps saying non-transforming transformers are fine and good stuff, but it's when they're very expensive. When they're little figurines that can't pose, that's like you've you've cycled twice and then gone past a different line that I'm not as good with. Yeah, um, because that was the um, the the uh, hero squad, tiny titans hero. or whatever, robot heroes. No, robot heroes. There uh, you what go. am I thinking of? The the ones like the, that little repugnant monster mode. Um, <laughs> Tiny Titans. Yeah, yeah Tiny, Tiny Titans. Titans. That's what I'm thinking of. Tiny Titans was kind of my my flirtation with this idea of the Shopkins thing, and then it was like I don't hate it, but it's just I don't I don't like the idea of spending money on it because I'm I'm already regretting the four bucks. Uh these though, I can see what I'm getting for the most part, and they transform. These are like born desk toys. And it's theorized that these look like Somehow, I actually don't know how people figure this out, but a lot of people are getting convinced that these are like 112 scale in their alt modes as well, which would be hilarious if there was actually, it was all, if it was like a parallel to Studio Series, where there's like, these all actually scale in alt mode. Well, uh, I mean, I mean, there's a pair of scissors, a soda can, and a TV that are all the same size, so. Yeah, they make little, mm-hmm. they make Probably little TVs. Probably not. The, the baseball bat that's the same size as a glazed donut. They make little baseball bats. And really big glazed donuts? Yes. Have you not looked at food in the last (laughs) while? Have you not looked at food? Food comes in literally every size now. I like how the pencil sharpener is just as big as the pencil, too. That does not work in any way. No, it just means someone over-sharpened the pencil. Some fool over-sharpened the pencil. There's no way that pencil fits in that pencil sharpener. Have you seen pencils? I've seen some pretty big, stupid novelty pencils. Uh, where as a kid, I said, how do you sharpen that? And someone was like, with a knife. And I didn't understand, because as a kid, I didn't realize a pencil sharpener involved a blade. Uh, true story. <laughs> um, listen, when you're a kid, all you know is you stick the pencil in and twist it, and then it works. And it kind of it starts and ends there. And then eventually you start going, like, why does all this stuff keep coming out? Um, anyway, uh... So I, I'm in on these. I don't want to ever order these online. That seems like that would take the magic away. These feel like they are perfect for I'm at the store and I want to buy a thing. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I've got 10 extra dollars I don't need for food or rent. That said, I do want to collect literally all of them. Uh, I want all of these just in a heap next to my mouse pad. Aaron, um, are you? do you think you might actually pick some of these up? I probably will. All right. After all your cynicism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, TJ, what about you? You down for these? I just noticed there's a single blind box thing in the photos. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh-huh. I I didn't see that until literally just now. Anyway, TJ, are you are you are you digging these things too? Uh they they have a definite groove to them. I'm I I am curious. I'll probably pick up a couple packs and make a determination from there. If they're nice, solid little things, I'd be more into them as opposed to say like uh, tiny turbo chargers because those had like a soft quality to them that i wasn't a fan of yeah i looking yeah. looking at these the multicolor nature of them i i don't know why i'm saying this but it that to me makes me feel like these are not going to be squishy 
Um, cause the tiny turbo changers are also generally monocolored plastic, uh, with like some paint apps and stuff. And I think that that's, that's part of that and their, their and, texture is kind of hand in hand. Frequently it was like very minor, minor paint too. It'd be like yeah, yeah three eyes. apps. Whereas these, yeah, yeah. Well, these have a lot more going on. And also I sp- I think I'm spotting a ball joint here and there on some of these, uh, which is yeah, that, really exciting. Yeah, I see the I see them on the pink one in the group shot. Yeah, because that that means like maybe multiple uh, multiple axes of movement on the shoulders, which for emoting is huge. Mm-hmm. Like on a on a limited posability toy. So, uh, yeah, I I think these are fantastic. Um, I'm I'm also I am pleasantly surprised how many adult fans uh, got into it when these showed up. I was really worried I was going to be having to like go like like sit here and and you know peel myself out of an oily ocean of people saying this is killing transformers or something i've I've seen almost nothing but like tepid to positive reactions um which which just makes me really happy uh especially since a lot of that is not even in response to the toys it's in response to the the artwork of which there is a ton like have you noticed yeah Like, like the not just like there's a big shot for each one and a big splash page but like the packaging artwork is like different um here and there and like it there's different characters in different situations there's there's a freaking vampire and then the one that isn't a vampire is sitting on top of the soda one drinking his brain and the soda one looks really unhappy about it on the bottom right of that big splash page uh there's one with with glasses and a tie i just noticed uh right above the plunger um there's a pot plant dragon that's (laughs) that's great uh Okay, yeah, anyway, these these are fun. I'm way into these. And um my my final question at least is do y'all think what are the odds that uh generations does one of these before ever doing a rescue bot? Because that that just feels like that's what's gonna happen. Uh before we get rescue bots, anyone, we're gonna get we're gonna get like generations doing uh who's my favorite one? Poo Sham of the toilet troop. Uh what are you saying that these are going to go like big full size? Yeah, big full size, like generations deluxe poo sham. Oh, I hope not. 20, I hope 20, so. 20, 20 deluxe class transforming plunger. Twenty friggin' you say that like a it's a bad thing. <laughs> I, who are you? I, <laughs> okay, did you look, not this, see? This, did you see King Toot, the mummified toilet paper roll, and you're not saying, <laughs> I don't want a fully posable, like... I never said. I okay. never said that. Okay, good. Put words in my mouth. You don't do that. I just want to be clear here, because I'm not going to... I won't have it. I won't have people talking friggin' Yang on the toilet troop when, <laughs> like, in a world where we still had a So you're con, team toilet troop, I then. am friggin' I... team toilet troop, yes. I... I, I I only throw shade at Toilet Troop because it will be the third toilet-based Shopkins imitation I have seen on a toy shelf. It'll be the first Just one that has a, that deserve. It'll be the first one that deserves to exist. Is what I say. These are actual characters, man. Friggin' uh, nothing a Shopkins or Shopkin knockoff ever did is ever going to be as valuable as King Toot or Pusham. <laughs> I love that. I I was so worried when these were announced that this would just be like another tiny turbo or whatever your tiny miniature easy to produce collectible line is just for the sake of holding on to trademarks. 
Like I, I was yeah, convinced like, it'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, the, oh, the oh, the ice cream cone is you know hailstorm or ice pick, just so we can hold on to it. Yeah, it's like seventy two characters, and they all are they're all gonna have the most absurd names. The fact that between that, I'll say it again: the artwork is 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 telling me that like they did not make these thinking we got to make sure we can uh, tie these into the greater Transformers lore. It's like no, we are going to make seventy two new Transformers who are all way cooler than every other Transformer that was ever made. It turns out uh, the friggin' uh, the the vampire uh, ice cream sundae uh who who whose very stance is filled with character uh the the donut who has that frozen dead-eyed straight-mouthed expression that speaks to me of just pain of existence like look did you see did you see the donuts robot mode face Mm-hmm. Look into that face and tell me you don't see a friggin' thirty-minute episode of something that is just shocking, like, like that that that's a face that that saw someone die. Like, like my <laughs> life is pain. I turned into a donut and to glaze. forget. You know, I used to turn into a police car, and I saw stuff. I or I just noticed above them the lollipop has been emperorated. Like <laughs> the lollipop has a motto I. Someone did shadow play to the lollipop. What did the lollipop see? (laughs) (laughs) The government went like, we're taking your face. The lollipop (laughs) spoke out against the council. The lollipop used to be an aircraft carrier, but it knew too much. And now it's a lollipop. It's like like this whole line of there's a whole line of Transformers that have been rat batted. Well, did you see? Okay, do you see on the uh, the waffle cone, the tiny pencil mustache? And the little lick of hair, the implied lick of hair poking out from underneath his waffle cone helmet. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's uh, I can go on and on. I, mean, I gotta stop. I, I just, I, I haven't been looking closely at this art until just now because I kind of wanted to save it a little bit. I didn't want to come into this, like, with an encyclopedic knowledge of everything. And I'm, like, the more I just look at the packaging photos, the more I see. Um... I do want to mention big credit to TF Wiki for just getting in on this. They have big ass Twitter threads uh, amalgamating like all of the the media that was sent out, all the information they could find. Um, like they were able to answer a question for me that um, uh, good old good old Gen One listener uh, Q Dog had of uh, of have we seen the robot mode for the scissors? And TF Wiki said we actually haven't seen a toy shot of the robot mode for the scissors. We just have a piece of artwork that looks like it's the scissors robot, uh, due to the shapes and stuff. Um, but my last question actually is, do we have a release date for this? I didn't look that up. I didn't see I'm not paying too close attention to this. I'm just skimming the, Oh, Oh, uh, official reveals at MCM comic con on, uh, this coming Sunday. Well, that's the, like, or the reveal. Yeah. Why is this reveal not at TFCon? What did we... I feel slighted. I feel really slighted. Um, also, in this continuity, apparently Energon is a glowing mist that covered a shopping mall and only a shopping mall. <laughs> uh, I, I, I should probably move. Do you guys have anything else you want to throw down about, uh, about the bot bots? I don't believe so. I don't. You think that uh, that that name actually is perfect? The bot that name is a thing. The name is, <laughs> the name is perfect. 
What are we? Bot bots. <laughs> We're better than bot shots. <laughs> we turn into bots. And we just want to say one more time. We turn into bots. Uh, I'm very happy. Let's move on then. If there's nothing else there to a listener question from uh, Corito. Um, Aaron, do you want to read this one? Uh, yeah, let me click back to that other window. And uh, Credo on the 19th of September says, Hello, Even Team. So this is something I was wondering, or I was thinking about around the times the first Bay movies were coming out and was brought back to mind with all the gatekeeping discussion we have been seeing online as of recently. So I've been wondering, or... So I've been wondering about doing kind of the opposite, so thus is my question. If you guys could stand at the gates of the Transformers fandom and tell every fan, hey, these are some things about the fandom you may want to know or learn, what would it be? It could be anything from advice to series maybe to watch or read to maybe some common knowledge among the fandom that might be not be obvious to newcomers. What advice would you give them? could stand at the gates we do we oh we yeah that's are it's like what do you, <laughs> you you say hey i'm interested in transformers then somebody pops up and goes hey did you hear about this really bad podcast and we go ah uh, it's not really it's only kind of bad and and what do you uh, think wtf stands for it stands for watch the f- gates yeah it's what we do here for gates oh uh, well watch. Uh, fences too but sure gates yeah no, it's 2018. We go. It took us 10 years, but we we actually got a gate. <laughs> it's hard to build. Um, I have. I actually have one right away. Um, if you guys don't mind me throwing it in, but the, sure, go for the it. The big one that I always want to say to kind of the Joe Public reactions to Transformers news is like every single Transformers series assume they are because this will this will be true more often than not. Every time you see a new Transformers series, it is a brand new continuity with no impact on a previous one, and all the previous ones are still valid and exist. Uh, I think that's a huge, helpful notion about Transformers, that there is not 30 years of sprawling storyline, and that every single take, if you just grab a volume of Transformers something, it probably was designed to stand on its own. Um, And if you see a version of Optimus Prime that you find really just lousy really offends your uh your notions of of what is good media what is good storytelling that optimist does not negate another optimist that you might vastly prefer who might even be voiced by the same voice actor uh those mm-hmm. two optimists do not cancel each other out uh i mean this is a very movie centric thing to say i admit but like it was just it was i think it's, it's something that i really wish could just be l- laid out and and on day one someone who has any interest in transformers it's like don't worry your favorite one still exists, no matter what else you see. Um, that that would be my my initial reaction. Um, Aaron, what about you? Like, well, if you could, if you could gatekeep, uh, <laughs> but in a positive like, way, it, it it wouldn't be uh, too dissimilar for uh, from what you've said. Um, I'd say, hey, what do you like? All right, here's something entirely different to try. Just give it a go. Um. Because there are a lot of people that, like, really don't like animated for whatever reason because it's not the mature story. It's something else. It's like, yeah, but there's a lot of fun and story in there. And later on, when it gets even deeper, like, there's more layers in that than was ever in G1. Do you want, you know, was animated your kick? Hey, 
go back and look at G1. And yeah, there's a lot of dumb, like, hey, this toy is coming out soon, so we need an episode about them type of stuff. But it had a, its own thing that brought all of this to light. You know, each series has, like, its similarities and its differences that can make it a vibrant tapestry of of fandom. Um, he said vibrant tapestry. Vibrant tapestry. I know. I know. Um, but I, I think that there, that that's the sort of thing. And then also to a certain extent, like it is kind of, it, it's gotten maybe further from that as time has gone on, but ultimately this is about selling toys as well. Uh, Yeah, it's a separate thing. I I guess like, like sometimes you also need to remember that there have been like, I, I remember years ago seeing somebody like trying to really break down some uh, i think it was comic book thing and it was like no nah, the comic the like you hear some of those stories of the early marvel comics where it literally was hey in the next two months these toys are coming out they need to headline in a story so that kids will go get the comic book and then want to go buy that toy and then there was, I remember seeing something, it's one of those that like occasionally, you know, a question like this comes up, where somebody was like, no, no, that story was written with heart and intent. And it's like, no, it wasn't really. I mean, like, I, there, there, there are good stories in there. Yes. I, but I, it I wasn't would, like. I would react some, to that by saying like, like part of what makes, I mean, this is getting already on tangent, uh, so I'll be quick, but like. Part of what I think makes Transformers valuable, because I, I I mentioned this in the panel I did uh, earlier this year too, is that like one of the things that's most valuable about it is that it is simultaneously a toy commercial media that figured out in a lot of its a lot of its media's how to tell good and valid stories um, while carrying a toy commercial on one shoulder. Yeah, uh, and and I'm not saying that the stories aren't valid, but it's more the like. I don't want to say keep a, a a jaded eye on it, but keep a like a weather eye on it. it at I, least, I think it's, yeah, I think it's less about like going in with like a like you said, like it's not so much about going in with a certain cynicism, but like it, it's if you if if you feel like you're someone's trying to sell you something, they probably are. Right. Um, so it's it's like being able to say uh, you don't have to ask that question; just assume yes if you get that feeling, but still try to enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Was what I would I would say, TJ. If someone was like wandering up to the gates of of this fandom o oh, hours and you were able to like just grab them for a second and go like hey listen like what would, what would yours be run <laughs> turn don't look back no, it would be like welcome you made the right decision the hot wheels fandom is insane <laughs> this is a, a happier place <laughs> Yeah, because there are some fandoms that are like, like you, you, oh, you came from there. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, you came, is that what we do? Here, we we, a, sh- we share the horror stories of other fandoms yeah. as what not to do. Yes, here's 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 a here's here's a mug of cocoa and some and a blanket. Here, let's talk. No, uh, what offends me so much about gatekeeping is how much you know it becomes the club of you have to do it this way or you're not a real fan or mm. you're like no like. If someone's coming up to the gate of Transformers, I just happen to be on guard that day. Like, the first thing I would tell them is, okay, 
don't let anyone tell you that you're enjoying it the wrong way. If you're having fun and you're not messing with anyone else's fun, you're doing it right. Mm hmm. Easy as that. And like, just. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, was going to say, like, don't like just just don't just don't get into like <laughs> into like our own little faction wars of you know what is better and why. You know, like, okay, don't you know just try to have fun. Try to let other people have their fun because everyone's got their own idea. But we're all Transformers fans. We're in this together, and you know that's what kind of makes us interesting because we all have different takes on the same thing. And if someone does want to start a war, just assume they're doing it uh, as a semi-self-deprecating bit, like like I do constantly. Mm -hmm. uh, except when I'm when I'm being serious and saying stuff like you know bot bots are bigger than G one or um, Age of Extinction is better than the O seven Transformers live action movie. Those are just simple factual scientific statements I'm laying out. Like the rumble is red uh, because we got like, that's what I would say actually at the gates. Like hey, listen, there's going to be some some there's a really weird uh, loud vocal minority cult behind these gates they're going to tell you that a guy called rumble is blue uh that is that is a code word for run away from this person because they're crazy um and and but don't don't like run away because then you're gonna look real bad but like you know just just remember their face and, and smile and nod you know when they say right rib fur you just go yep i love ribbon fur and then you know just Find find a, an area behind the gates with with you know civilized Firib people you know as as one actually would, uh, and uh, you know go about your business. Um, I just want to take a moment actually to pat our fandom on the back because of late I kind of came to the conclusion. Um, obviously our fandom has got bad eggs and it's got its its uh, poor moments in its history. I think Transformers fandom is actually one of the the better ones out there of these kinds of uh, particular media um merchandise fusion fandoms um in its in its collective history at least like I, transformers is a fandom right now that i would actually encourage someone to get into uh without a lot of forewarning um i think that in the last five six years uh it's been proven that our fandom is very good at taking on new generations inside of itself uh and mm -hmm. in doing so it's very good at at having um it's a really, really dark word for it, but I, it, we we have replacements for our oldest generations in this fandom who yeah. will not need those generations to stay in this fandom. And I, and I don't know a nicer way to say that, but our fandom is not dependent on its grass on its roots anymore. Yeah. Um, well, I think it helps that we've always had. Or almost always had some active media. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not like, you know, if you look at like Star Trek, where it was like the original series, and then for 15, 20 years, there was nothing else. And then there was the next generation, and and some of those, and then nothing else. So like, now, Discovery is starting to come out, and it's not like somebody is going necessarily and like... I apologize for this. Discovering Discovery. Oh wow! And Isn't just that the go, name of a show that yeah. they air. Like okay, yeah, yeah. Discover <laughs> Discovery is the new show. No, isn't Discovery uh, Discovery like the the Talking Dead show that goes with that? Oh, maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, but know. Uh, but it, it's like it, since there's always been something significant out there moving forward with it, I think there's always kind of the opportunity to to catch into it you know yeah and and to to follow up with what i said and to put a bit of a nicer i guess cap on it like 
a yes like like you know we the fans who have been around since like not even we i guess like there's a, there's probably at least a half generation who precedes me even though i i'm i more or less have been part of this fandom since since like at least silently since like uh usenet days just reading stuff but mm-hmm. like aside from the part where like so a my generation i guess i'll say of of the fandom once once if if we were all to just like disappear uh, this fandom has enough in it to just continue, not reliant on us whatsoever. But B, we are still welcome by uh, a lot of the folks who have joined the fandom more recently. Um, and 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 I just think it's like our fandom is is so inter intergenerational in a in a really thriving way. Um, you know, obviously, like I was saying before, it's not always working out like this. But like when i just look at the tap at the tapestry at the big spectrum of our fandom i just all i see is one big multi-textured multi-colored multi-generational wave uh and and it just feels really good i don't know how else to put it but like if you only really liked g1 uh and then maybe something new kind of gets you it's like folks who like the new stuff they just welcome you in i find um and I think a lot of this is on the back of the just like four level setup, the four combo of punches we had of the live action movie awareness, Transformers animated uh, as, as just a strong animated production, uh, Transformers Prime introducing this, uh, you know, very TV level, but still strong sense of character and world building that hooked in a lot of people. Uh, and then the IDW comics doing the same thing on a larger scale, but at a slower pace. Um, and like right now our fandom, I think it's just, if you think of, you know, people in the fandom as ingredients, I guess, how many other ways can I dehumanize all of us? But our fandom is just, it's so chock full of flavor right now, uh, as far as the people in it, um, that I, I just see that as a massive strength, uh, where other fandoms, our fandom will have its resistance to that, you know, shout at stuff, uh, here and there all over the place. But I see a lot of other fandoms where those voices also within the fandom wield enough power to do damage to the potential of that fandom. Whereas I feel like in ours and Transformers, no matter how loud someone yells that they can't stand all these new fans who joined in with X thing, they they are no longer in a position to be able to do that damage. Like, no matter how much someone wants to shout that the people who got into it with Prime uh, don't understand real Transformers, like, those voices, no matter how loud they get, they simply are not powerful enough to uh, to to stunt the growth of the fandom uh, on a, on a critical level anymore, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. that's just, that's just been a, per- a perspective I've had on it for the last, like, I, I guess like 14, 15 months or so. Um, which just makes, it makes me happy. Cause there was a time when I, like this fandom, you know, there's always the point where you're like, man, is our fandom one of the crap ones? Cause you just see enough, you know, like lousy stuff happen at the same time. Um, but it, it's, it, it's so much better now than it used to be. Um, and it, it makes me very happy. Toku fandom, very similar thing. Toku fandom, oh, does it have its problems? But like, the Tokusatsu fandom right now is, is heaven compared to what the Tokusatsu fandom was in the early two thousands, like like o two o three, where you had IRC chat rooms and I think even full message boards that had rules based on whether or not you mentioned Power Rangers or or VR <laughs> troopers oh, and like God, serious. I 
serious rules about that stuff. Like, you know, you might, like, I laugh even, but, like, that stuff was dead serious back then on a level where it's, like, the crappiest thing the Toku fandom does now is is so light years beyond that. It's not saying the Toku fandom's in the healthiest place. It's saying the Toku fandom was easily able, you could see that thing as irreparable at one point. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. There, there's hope for all fandoms eventually also is what I would say bounced off of that. But it's all about injecting new growth and having new jumping on points that are not your own that are just as valuable. I think that's all that's all kind of the science of it, uh, speaking as a complete non-scientist. Um, so thank you for your question, Carito. Is there anything else you guys wanted to throw in about that? Or shall we move on to the other uh, toy news of the day? Because we got one more. Yeah, I think I'm good. It's very exciting. Yeah. It's a bunch of stuff we already talked about. Uh, Figure King is showing a bunch of new photos of the Siege Decepticons. The main thing of value here is, you, aside from, you know, just a bunch of different angles, I think it's a really clear, it's a clear set of shots of what Shockwave's play pattern is. It's uh, the best shot I've seen of his upside-down submarine mode. Um, I know there's a better one out there. I just I saw it on my phone, and I couldn't find it again. Well, I mean, it's not an upside-down submarine. It's just a submarine. There's nothing there's nothing formed when you turn that thing upside down in any way, shape, or form. Well no, no. I mean it's it's a submarine in that photo, but I'm just saying, like, you know, obviously you can fan mode it to be an upside down submarine like in G one. Uh you know, like in the cartoon when the when, when the Beast Studio would So This is Figure King, which is Japanese and they don't have nearly the same issue that with toy firearms that the US does. So my bet would be as if it was intended to be a toy firearm facsimile that that would have been shown. I well, I don't think that it may and have not been just intended. an upside down submarine thing. I don't think it would be because intended. on top of that, it has it has like wings off of the top of the bridge of the spaceship mode that would make it incompatible with being a handle. Uh, it would make it incompatible with a weak hand trying to hold that that is just for okay. strong hands okay now while, while some of your premium toys may have slots in their palm in order to better hold things take a look at your hand yeah does it have an, a slot in the middle of the palm in order to help hold things well not right now but i'm also not okay. a wimp so okay I, <laughs> I i guess that's all on you dog <laughs> i can solve that problem when i have to cross that bridge uh and uh, the the main thing here, though, the main feature is like we saw we saw these, I think, like semi it felt almost semi leaked. But there's a big spread of big photos with some text information of uh, LGX big powered, which are three uh, Titans return retools, incredibly good retools and recolors to make the three powered masters. Uh, and I, I am excited for this set because uh, these look like good retools. And these are three characters I'm super down for having a new toy of. And I think it really helps that their G1 toys are uh, really endearing kind of garbage. Because <laughs> it means there's, yeah. you don't have to do a lot of you have to do a lot of work, but you don't have to replicate something fantastical uh, to, to, to pull it off, if, if that makes any sense. Uh, so I'm, I'm way into these. The only thing here that I have a question, because I, I could have dug this info up. I just never thought to do it until just now. I actually don't know who Sonic Bomber is a retool of at a glance. Is that uh, misfire. trigger happy? Misfire? Okay, so it's that yeah. misfire trigger happy thing? Okay. Then yeah. friggin' that's a retool if there ever was one. Like, there's... Yeah, that's, again, the re-meeting 
where I, I don't think that that's like that's maybe every exterior panel is different. Yeah, I guess it's just on the sense of like Die Atlas. You look at him, you're like, oh, it's Black Shadow Overlord. I can see that right now, right away. Uh, the other one, like, the, oh, that's uh, that's Twin Twist. I can see that right now. For some reason, right. with Sonic Bomber, I was like, I don't, I don't know who that is. For a second, I thought that was the jet from Overlord, but designed to be a standalone Transformer. Uh, <laughs> they just figured out how to make legs. Yeah, I was just like, did you just do that? Legs uh, and smaller arms and... and... Like an entire robot mode. Uh, and I still like the way that they found some sort of base platform mode for... Uh, the them? twin twist remold. Like, yeah, it's... like okay, the um, Diatlas. That one already kind of had that mode. Yeah, yeah. In, in the base toy. Okay, yeah, kind of got one out of the the deluxe jet, but out of out of that twin twist top spin. Oh, okay. Just kind of set him up, and you you kick his 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 tracks out sideways, and just call it. It a definitely day. helps that he has a very large new accessory that makes up at least I would say twenty five percent of that base mode up at top. Yeah, like giving it an actual like obvious identity, like a like a tower thing. It's like yeah. oh, that's what this. Is. Yeah. Uh, also, I we need to add height to it. Just give it a, just give it a, a thing you toss on top of it. I'm so stoked that they even have the two like kind of silly orange blast shields on Dialysis' gun. Um. TJ, how are you feeling about about big powered kind of just popping up out of nowhere? I still feel like yeah, like this is insanity. Like this like, is hey. like uh, <laughs> it's a level of remolding that I would only see from Takara, but I would never expect three at once in one pack. Yeah, this is ludicrous, and yeah, they look fantastic. Like these like, are three th- characters that I know very little about because they exist for one episode. And one of them doesn't exist in that episode. <laughs> yeah. But it is done so well that I am totally down for this set. Yeah. It, I, like, I already it, threw in a pre-order. Like, just, I yeah. was like, no, I don't even want to think about it. I'm just going to throw this in. Yeah, me too. Figure it out later. Yeah. Like, it genuinely, like, I love that Diatlas works on that mold so well. It literally makes me wonder if, like, the fact that that jet and tank could combine on the other versions of that for no apparent reason was always planned. Yeah, or even like because the way he's doing it, I don't think you even have to separate the tank off. Like that's the I've done that transformation on on one of those versions just to see if I could. Uh, not like literally that transformation, but like that you could just fold the legs up in a way. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it totally works in part because his G one toy has a just sort of stupid looking alt mode that's like half jet, half chunk. You know, in a really dissonant way that also happens to work perfectly for this. Yeah. It's like, was this was this at least like part of the skeleton plan somewhere yeah. way back? I mean, they even have that weird, you know, cannon mode. Like even mm-hmm. like like even that works for the original mold. Yeah. Yeah. It, this, and the colors also are just so spot on. Like that orange, I think, is a very tricky orange to nail. So the fact that they nailed it like tells me this is this is like a passion project on the level of God Jinrai, except it looks like it's going to turn out better, unless like the big powered can even if they even if the connectivity on them all combining into big powered is garbage, it, they're going to be three good standalone toys based on those skeletons alone. Um, 
So it's kind of like a win-win no matter what happens, unless you really liked the big powered mode. And that, that might be fine. That that also looks like it's just, did they put pegs in the right places? Um, Aaron, how are you feeling about uh, the sudden appearance of big power due out in March? I This could very well be a convention get if it is available for a reasonable price at said conventions he's out in march uh i would say absolutely i mean whatever reasonable price is obviously but th- there's no way because if i'm room. reading this right is it 6200 yen no, no. A, uh, that's sixteen thousand two hundred yen yeah he's, he's like 150 three, american yeah because yeah, like it's one box with all three and it's to, it's takara tomi mall exclusive oh, okay so the symbol in the middle of the number is that's that's just like a comma like a comma, yeah. okay. It's one six two zero zero yen. Yeah. If this guy was, if this was six thousand two hundred yeah. yen, then I'd yeah. be like, okay, who that, died? That, that's where I was <laughs> sitting there, like that's this, that cannot be right. That's, I mean, that's what six. That's what that's like one yen four six thousand price point in Studio Series. I mean, that's what the that's that's what the retailers pay for each unit. But you, no, <laughs> not Joe Q Public. Yeah, I mean, yes, at at 6,200 yen, I'd actually physically punch someone who was like, I don't think I'm going to order this. But like, yeah, he's, I mean, he's a, the big bad pre-order was something like 150, 160. Um, I want to say that's roundabouts what the God Jinrai package price was. Kind of going off vague recollection. Yeah. Something around that. If I could see, if I saw it at a convention for that price range for like a 150, 200, 150, 175. And that would be very tempting. I think you will, because like God Jinrai, the two different ways you could have got him, for all his problems, it was an, it's still an extremely popular thing, almost more so in the eyes of people who didn't have one, because it's like it's a really easy package to look at and go like, well, mine will be good. And that was also still, I think, readily available um, at a lot of shows. So, mm-hmm. good, we know what Aaron's buying next year. Excellent. If he doesn't buy it, that means he lied to all of us. I like to plan ahead. For reasonable price, my idea of a reasonable price may change between. My idea then of a reasonable now. price is uh, sixty two hundred yen, uh, like, like it says here <laughs> in Figure King magazine's thumb over the one. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm hype about this. This is this is good stuff. Like we're it's not out till March, so I'm hype about it right now for another about you know twenty thirty minutes, and then my hype will kind of die away, and then in March it'll come back. Um, I kind of I have the weird thing where I have trouble like staying excited about stuff until it comes out. Like I kind of I get excited and I'm like, all right, we'll see when it comes out. It starts to come out. All right, I'm excited again. Um, keeps 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 me rooted in what's uh, physically here and available. Uh, anyway, that's the news. We got one more listener question here. Uh, this comes from uh, Dan, the real Hyperman, who says hello once again. WTF, TFW pod people as I, Dan, the real Hyperman, back to seek your guidance. I have two queries for the non-prime experts, uh, Engineer Aaron, Handfield Ho, and PA TJ. I don't know what... Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah, Plastic Addict, PA. I thought he was calling you production assistant, and I was like, that seems like a dig. It's like, it's like, I don't know, like, positions assistant. I don't know how he knew that about me, but... Okay. Is that a thing? Physician's assistant? It is now. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, well, <laughs> question number one. 
Uh, I found there's a certain charm for bad toys that goes beyond nostalgia. There are some toys characters I actually don't want that uh, don't want to be what many would call good. Examples being Rid 2001 Bruticus for having a good match between dumb, ugly aesthetic, dumb, ugly engineering, and dumb, ugly character, as well as the fact that my love for G1 Terracons is tied to them being charmingly crappy. So the Power of the Primes updates uh, are as modernized as I want them to get. The groin versions were too fancy uh, for what I think the Terracons should be. I forgot about groin um that was the the unique toys one with its funny font that made orden look like groin oh yeah that's Uh. old podcast (laughs) that's a very old podcast anyway question is do you have similar love for certain bad toys and if so what are they if not is there another niche preference you have that flies in the face of quality or modernization feel free to tack on any other loves for quote-unquote bad things well i also just want to throw out there what what kind of super villains are you associating with who would start calling Rid 2001 Bruticus bad. Uh, I I could see if you were comparing Rid 2001 Bruticus in a vacuum to other toys in that line. I I don't know. Not I, I not the fact it. not the fact that it is already at that point a 16 15-year-old toy with two significant Listen, generations of toy design before that, but if I get really if, deliberately if, obtuse, if, if Rid, <laughs> if Rid two thousand one was your first Transformers toy line, and you saw these cars with rubber wheels that had cool ball joint transformations, and you saw these two bigger ones, this fire truck and this car carrier that could combine the way they did, the three trains that could combine the way they did, the four construction vehicles that could combine in three different ways, and, oh, the bad guys have a combiner. Let me check this out. And then you get Scramble City. I'm talking. I'm not talking about that. Hang on a second. That was a big buildup. We're talking about the leftover Beast Machines toy. You know the dog. Oh, he actually was called Bruticus. What was that one, Bruticus? Yeah, yeah, that was, wasn't it? Oh, I was thinking. I felt so attacked there for a while. (laughs) I am sorry. I was thinking Gruination. (laughs) I'm really happy with this bit. Bruticus, all right. Well, because I was just going to say, if I just get really deliberately um, uh, dense here for a second, or really, really just like you know, put on, you know, uh, I don't understand why someone would prefer all those stupid real life cars when you could get a perfect monstrous Cerberus man who has fifteen arms in his arms and three faces on his head. Uh, he's he's horrifying, therefore perfect. That's how I thought back in 2001, because uh, that is a staggeringly fun toy. It just needs, you know, paint any, anywhere. Um, man, I just realized it's been 17 years, and that's still the only release that mold ever got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's friggin' criminal. And, okay, so for that one at least, that mold was also neutered. Yeah. Because that would have been a battle for the spark thing. That would have had some sort of gimmick in there. And I don't know if we ever found out what that gimmick was supposed to be. I think it was I, supposed to be spinning faces, if I recall correctly. Like, I, I like I, that I toy remember. a lot in a very Energon Sharkticon way. And I'm actually getting mad that Sharkticon got to have 15 recolors and Bruticus <laughs> still hasn't. Because <laughs> that toy's colors were the worst thing about it. 
uh, only because that yellow washed out so much of the detail. If that thing had gotten well, like a, a or go ahead, go ahead. like well, a I mean, paint wash, well, the paint wash is just as the starters, but the whole thing, the whole toy was just painted as like an afterthought because there were so yeah. many details that were left completely untouched, or some that were just completely washed in the same like. Oh, the leg is yellow, so the whole leg is yellow. Well, what about, like, that leg, you know, that, that leg brace and the chain that's hanging off it? Nope. Yeah. All one color. Like, can you imagine if that toy had gotten the Axelon treatment that Energon Sharkticon got? Well, mm. like, the Axelon treatment was literally it's the same paint application that just dulled the colors down. Like, when you, like, I would, like, if you're, I would prefer more, like, the Skybite route of... Let's go in and dot all of these details that we completely missed the first time we ran this mold. Oh, a hundred percent. When I yeah, when I say axelon, like I'm meaning like selecting colors that play a little bit more on the color wheel. Like if you change, even if you just change that yellow to like a neon green, because that I think bounces a bit more off of that kind of odd crimson. Um, <laughs> your Christmas Cerberus. Hell yeah, hell's yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess that also answers the question. Yes, you know what? There there are certain bad toys, quote unquote, that are really like one of them is Rid Verticus. Uh also any anything that just has like really solid like I, I don't know if this even is the right answer, but like that's I felt like this that year that I said uh Beast Hunter's Optimus Voyager Beast Hunter's Optimus was my toy of the year from Transformers. Because he was. I thought he was the coolest, most super robot-y, fun, posable, playable transformer out there. Uh, and a lot of people certainly didn't, and I, you know, they're allowed to, to be crazy, but, <laughs> um, TJ, what about you? Like, do you have a, a, a similar love for certain bad toys or a niche uh, preference? I feel, I feel like this is, I feel like this is targeted on my forehead. Um, physician assistant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you, well, we kind of mentioned one already, uh, and I mentioned it before on the show. I, I really super dig Energon Sharkticon for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Even though half his vehicle's hanging off his back and in vehicle mode it looks like half of him is blown up at some point. Yeah. But like even in the first mold even the first run with all the really garish colors, I was still like really into that toy. <laughs> to the degree I'm still not even sure why. I I think that because of the Axelon release, a lot of people opened their eyes to that toy. Um, yeah, I feel like when we uh, like when we talked about that toy before the Axelon release, it was like in this context, and then after that and the subsequent Bakon repaints, it's kind of like it's now accepted that Energon Sharkticon is a pretty good toy. Uh, in a way, yeah. that he certainly wasn't for a long time. <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah, because I could distinctly remember having a friend of mine that was like, you know, okay, like I was super down for this, and I was talking to him about it, and he going, yeah, but Hasbro repaints everything, so I'm just gonna wait for the repaint, and we'll hope it's not as garish. Just had and, to wait ten years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other ones, because, like, I get so many requests for Plastic Addict episodes, it's just, like, I, I sit back and go, but that's not bad. Like, and, like, there's some toys that are just, like, for whatever reason, universally regarded as bad, and two that come to mind are, like, both Iron Hides in the G1 and Energon variety. Energon and, Ironhide being bad is still bewildering to me. Like, Yeah, that's really just the yeah. character coloring their opinion. Yeah. Because, like, in the, in the show, yes, he's a little bit insufferable and annoying, but 
the toy itself is fine. Like it's okay, a, it's a gotta... really good brave toy. Like like yeah, like like I know what you're gonna say. Everyone goes like, but his head, and it's like friggin' <laughs> flip you it down. How, <laughs> you know how long visible heads have been a thing in Transformers? Just and he, he has a whole a whole thing. If I recall correctly, he has a whole joint on his hat to cover his face. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it, it only covered like the top part, though, didn't it? I'm pretty sure it covered the whole thing. It, co- it, co- it yeah, it, co- it covered it. It covered it pretty well. Like, if you, of course, you knew that was his head, so you just saw the head. But yeah, it did cover the face up. I've seen far worse. You know, if you want, just like oh, but you know, okay, I'll take a look at um, uh, Armada Megatron comes to mind. Yeah. Whose head is just there, and like literally to hide the head, it's just like you flip up a panel, and it just shields his face. That's Although I, I, I dare it. say it, a lot of the folks who really rail on Energon Ironhide were probably also really railing on Armada and Megatron, like that particular sub demographic. Uh, mm, yeah, maybe. I, it's actually, when you said Ironhide, my Marina Millie went to um, the Universe Ironhide from uh, Universe Classics, like. You know, blue face aside, a lot of people just don't like that mold for whatever reason. Well, I, I ended up really liking that mold. Uh, well, like I, I'm in that I'm in that group because I'm not a big fan of that mold. I thought it was overcomplicated for what it had to be. A lot of people are on your side. Like I, I do not see much love for that mold at all. I, I actually, oh man, another one. Reveal the shield perceptor. I actually, I still like that toy. And man, does does I don't have any backup. <laughs> I've, I've got backup, but like they number in the in the maybe ten. <laughs> We we have them all. Same, almost the same thing for. Um, I just had this conversation recently uh, on Discord. Um, Reveal the shield, Rekgar. Like a lot of people troop build it because it's junkions, but also say, "Man, what a crappy toy!" And I'm always like, "I actually think it's a pretty good toy." I never had any issue with that toy. A lot of people don't like that toy as an actual toy. They like it for who it is, but not for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, before before I continue tangenting everywhere, Aaron. What about you? What's, what's something? What's something considered bad that you might like? Oh, I'm try. I was trying to remember if there's anything in particular. Buying every single packaging variant for several years—that's just dumb. <laughs> that's not. That's, the toys weren't bad. Aaron was bad. Um, I think that like some of the Fusor stuff. Oh, definitely. That, yeah. That like there was a lot of interesting things in there. There's a lot of like jank in there too, but there was some of that that I think, aside from the the two Beast Wars TV show ones, I think that there was other good toys in there that maybe didn't get quite their due. Uh, a majority but, of the Fusors I think had really good like as robot mode action figures were super cool. Because mm-hmm. uh, the beast modes, if a Fusor was bad, for the most part, it's the beast mode that's bad. And then you get this really cool, freaky looking and articulate robot. Yeah. Um, I even, back in the day, pretty far back in the day when I got him for three bucks from London Drugs, uh, I was like, Optimus Minor is fine. Uh, and I still kind of felt feel that way. Like, he, I, I had a conversation about him recently. I don't remember why or where. But, like, like his, his beast mode is pretty dumb. But, like, he does a cartwheel to transform, which is just feels very in character. And mm-hmm. I like his robot mode. Uh, like, you know, it, it's not it's a pose. It's very posable, not for positive reasons necessarily. But, like, 
the fact that that was like considered the 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 bottom pit of the line for a very long time i i, I always kind of felt like are we all i mean there's reasons but are, are some of us saying this because everyone else is saying it no no like if you want to go to bottom pit of the beast wars line you have to look at your retraxes and in that context like minor's fine fine minor's gold by comparison and there's even retrax has there. some charm to him I was going to say, I know that there is, like, an even smaller number. They they number in the five of people who kind of go, like, hey, lay off retracks. <laughs> uh, no. This is the hill I die on. Because, I mean, I, I, w- I would poop on retracks if it meant that uh, I was saying every TM2 and Fusor is gener- who wasn't in the show is basically on the cool people team. Uh, oh, man. I mean, TM2 Scourge. I've noticed a groundswell around him the more I mention him. But back in the day, no one seemed to like that figure. Um, I still I still need to get a new one. I want to get one for for Toronto so I don't have to take my Victoria one out of his home. Um, anyway, we got one more question here from uh, Dan, who says, What is it about the Transformers fandom that has spawned such a unique and extensive third-party world? Uh, we're all part of other fandoms that have robust and talented sets of collector enthusiasts, but I'm not aware of an alternate marketplace for, say, custom gashats. This is probably just a case of me not knowing about things that do exist, in which case I hope that my question can help other ignorant listeners. Uh, P.S., and then he sent along a, a YouTube link to some custom Nintendo gashats. There's custom, um, not just gashats, but, like, someone already made some custom ride watches that are pretty sick. Uh, I've seen custom Gaia memories. I've seen yeah. someone, I've seen someone put uh reactive leds into the o's driver so the metals light up yeah and like the people who figure out how to wire like new sounds into these things is that's like black magic to me and i want to know how it's it's all about getting the chip yeah i'd say depending on the chip if it has any sort of ability to be programmed or swapped in with something that is programmable that it'd ultimately be pretty simple. In a lot of cases, it's like it's pretty simple if you have very specialized hardware and if you know how to code outside of like you know Windows, like if you know how to code in a limited environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw one of those for one of the quote unquote hacking videos where it's like they had like a hexadecimal coding setup that they could use to directly code onto the chip. I did that once in a computer science class. Well, not hexadecimal, but like you know doing very simple coding through a keyboard right into the thing. Um, with like a very limited, you know, like 16 character display of feedback of what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. but I, th- so I have an answer to this and I'm not going to do my answer first this time. Um, TJ, just go, going to you. Like, well, what do you think it is about Transformers? The, uh, a, I just want to say, do we all agree? Transformers third party product line is a completely unique thing compared to any other fandom. Cause I think it is. Uh, it really is. Like, anytime I've ever seen some attempt to branch out, it is met with either meh, and it kind of falls into obscurity, or it meets legal action. Or uh, it, it just s- doesn't exist. Like, someone says, yeah. hey, someone should do this. And it's like, yeah, it's and like, then that's it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, we, like, we've seen, a, we've seen an attempt at a third-party Voltron, and that got intercepted. It and got there's bought. like mm-hmm. it got bought and, got, and then released yeah. as a real Voltron toy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh there's a third party Krang? Like mm-hmm. the big like the big the big mech suit? They did uh, they did the shredder to go with it. Um Oroku Saku, I think is what they called their shredder. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, outside of that, 
uh yeah you just didn't have it for transformers for me like like from my perspective it feels like the genesis of that was how many people went to botcon because botcon is kind of unique in that this official run convention that is just about this one toy line you know where you can actually interact with the actual people who create it and them going well we can't do this for this or that reason and what you do is you create this you create this swell in the fandom of people who really want these things and like this the third party thing for us started with ultra magnus and the uh, the city commander or whatever i can't remember it's been so long it's the, that, it's, yeah, it's city commander. the first one something some stuff did come out before it but what yeah, like, we so call third party started they with had that. yeah perfect cuz perfect effect had like what the optimus prime alternator upgrade that was fans project had, still yeah um, like, like the, well we uh, had upgrades yeah. like we had upgrade sets on a, on a smaller scale like oh here's your classics bumblebee that can turn in now you can have or like a classics cliff jumper that has like an actual cliff jumper head that was also fans like project zuka but that was the first like big scale thing that took off to like radically change up and create like an actual new toy, you know, using the existing one. But it started from that swell of Hasbro said they're not going to do this because it's not financially feasible. So someone actually took it upon themselves to go, well, we're going to do it instead then because we actually have this capability. And when it did really well you started having other people go, well, what else has Hasbro said we are not going to do? And then you get into Mm -hmm. your combiners, your devastators, and you start getting all these third-party things that are all based on what Hasbro would not do. And now it's this whole other thing, while Hasbro has gone off and done all those things, that's just completely taken on a life of its own that's gone in a billion different directions. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, Aaron, what about you? What's your perspective on, on why a third party is so unique and extensive? Um, I, I think that it's also because there is the, I'm trying to think how to best like pull the, the, the thoughts together. There are a lot of characters, uh, in transformers that are the secondary or tertiary or, quaternary um further down the line that maybe like kind of have other interest to it but then also it's the fact that there is the transformers play pattern that like gives it an additional thing because like if you got a gi joe man he's a gi joe man he's an action figure and he's an action figure and maybe like maybe there'd be some kind of market for like an sh figuarts level of action figure versus just your three and three quarters or your 12 inch maybe like there might be some size variation in there but really after you've got three or four of those like you get one that's a female so it has a thinner build and boobs I was going to call you out if you didn't like, say boobs, and I'm glad you did. Like, and there's not much else to it, versus with Transformers, there's such a variation between, like, not just the shapes that the characters can be in because they're robots, but 
This one turns into a car. This one turns into a jet. This one turns into a boat. This one turns into a space Winnebago. This one turns into a flying saucer. There's so many different other things that it could be that, like, it becomes, instead of just, like, a line of things, it becomes a matrix of things. Mathematical matrix, not like Neo dodge backwards behind bullets. Um there's a there's a Transformers Matrix that yeah, I thought well, you were about to mention. That, no, not not even not not even like the the thing that goes in a chest. But you can do a bunch of different ones with that see too. See me right now. I look so mad. And then like no, it's really no, ridiculous. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying like <laughs> X's and look. I spent like half of my friggin' day working on spreadsheets that should have been my boss, but she's I'm at Disney doing right a Transformers now, so. podcast. When I say Matrix, people um, might think I'm talking about the trilogy of action movies. Yeah, <laughs> but, but there are so many different variations upon that theme that even if you take and and that's just looking at at like the one layer, like the third dimension of that geometrical set of numbers is then also like, what are we doing? Are we doing it as real life cars? Are we doing it as war for Cybertron? Are we doing it as like comic themed? And there are so many different takes on how those things can look that even with even if Hasbro was churning all out they'd maybe be hitting 30 40% of all the different variations on their own themes that have happened and you know may not even touch the Seacons because it's like this other other thing and instead like they ran through their normal evergreen characters and some other stuff that fits in with that. So they're going to jump over to the next. They're going to do all of that again and animated for a year and a half. And then somebody else can come along and pick up two or three other ideas based off of that earlier thing. And the thing that always is surprising to me is that there's still the market of people buying some of these like second and third level kind of cast off ideas yeah that makes it profitable to make toys so you guys i think hit two of the biggest nails right on the head um with like like aaron obviously that that was a big one is that a toy that transforms from one mode to another in and of itself is a complete concept that stands on a separate level from just an action figure yeah um but and tj like that also is huge. It's not just that Transformers, we have years of direct Hasbro interaction saying what at the time just isn't going to happen right now. When they were saying that, it wasn't just, oh, we're not going to do these characters right now. It is these clearly defined and specific tactile experiences aren't going to happen right now. Deluxes who combine with a Voyager to form a Scramble City combiner as an easy example. Um, very specific defined experiences that are not just character names. Uh, and so both of your points kind of mixed together into, I think those are, those are two of the big reasons why, um, the, the common, and that's also why, part of why Transformers persists, I think, but like just this, um, defined notion of what we're probably not going to get necessarily. And then also being smart enough to move with it. Um, smart enough, you know, across multiple companies, obviously not as like one entity. Um, and at the end of the day, almost all of it being really cool robot action figures that transform into things um, or really cool robot action figures that are not transforming, but so 
utterly representative of such specific character models, like the the recent reveal of that action figure of Transformers Prime Megatron, uh, which is a fantastic idea. There's a reason why Prid uh, Voyager Megatron appears to have such massive aftermarket value i also say this because i'm trying to i've been trying to sell one and i want to sell it for the aftermarket value hint hint i'm a capitalist i'm my my worst enemy um but like that character model is is important because prime was a a very strong character show Uh, Mm um that was arguably one of frank welker's greatest performances and to have just an action figure of that figure or of that of that uh, design that's probably not going to happen out of, out of an official channel. If that design ever happens again, it's probably going to be a transforming toy who is going to need to do a hell of a lot to pull off that character model in a way that doesn't already look kind of like the Prid Voyager. Um, so yeah, there's just there's a lot of combination a combination of factors, and a lot of it is crushed on the fact that a lot of it transforms, and that's just, that's a world apart from simple accessory add-ons, from simple like. Hasbro's not going to make us a, bu- a... I'm trying to think of a stupid G.I. Joe name. Like, Bushido's got to be one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Hasbro's not going to make us a new Bushido who looks like the current 25th anniversary line five or six years later. So we're going to make the Bushido that you all want, you know? Um, so I, th- I think those those are some of the big reasons. Also, for everything that we just said, it is also still kind of inexplicable that this is rather contained to Transformers. Because yeah. it's not like Transformers is the only toy line with things that change form. Uh, and and uh, I, Oh, I was going to say, there is one other nail that we didn't hit yet that I think is big as well. If you think about the timeline, if you if we agree that City Commander was the genesis of what is the th- or the seed of what we all call third party Transformers now, you know, obviously there were things before that just didn't have the sheer impact. That also happened in 0809, right in the heart of Transformers as a notion, having its biggest worldwide push ever between the first two live action movies. Uh, I think that was a huge factor as well to having the the fire lit under this um, was the timing going with the massive amount of traffic coming into the fandom from those movies. Um, but also at the end of the day, it still is kind of inexpl- inexplicable, like the madness that this is all going on. But like there, no one out there is churning out fully transformable and highly posable Super Sentai mecha zords like that mm-hmm. you know that that's the thing that... well but then the thing is also with transformers you can kind of anonymize it enough i mean you I... know you can you can you can knock it to the it looks 80 percent like optimus prime you can so that, do that with super sentai megazords though that makes it yeah but because there's the thing such is, visual mush like yeah <laughs> right but the thing is like at, i don't think that there is enough like broad uh demand like what has or what hasbro what bandai japan makes is pretty not bad so i'm doing a hand motion like (laughs) paying the amount of money that it would take to make a third party thing that would you'd want it to be at least similarly sized to the bandai of japan thing because if if all you want is posability you got the candy toys there are some folks who don't want to do the work though if you want something that size 
but superposable the way that like maybe the candy toys would be that'd be a pretty penny even at like mass production i think there are production costs i've seen it said on message boards for years of like it doesn't have to be a foot tall uh it can be like six six seven eight inches tall and the nature of the moving parts on those things i think negates a lot of the potential costs because like 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 your average megazord transforming right is like take this vehicle open a panel and flip a fist at and you're done like i i think that it's like if there was going to be one thing that is kind of like it's inexplicable outside of maybe bandai is just more dangerous but there's also a straight up improved type of like you know the one where they they tweak the mold a bit my understanding is someone's doing that for the soul of jagokin go lion because apparently uh that thing has become incredibly hard to find so some you know uh uh nefarious uh folks have decided to take matters into their own hands uh but unless it was like okay bandai's like hyper protective of their plex designs for super sentai like it's really hard to just say like oh no uh there's like i don't know i think super sentai third party megazords not existing is weird when we're on year 10 of you know third party transformers um just by nature of what megazords are um, also, I'm also i'm being mean i'm using i'm calling them megazords entirely because thew got yelled at in his comment section for calling something a power rangers toy when it was a super sentai one and uh it, it reminded me of why i started calling them megazords this is back going back to henshin justice days <laughs> uh and 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 being mean. Don't be mean. Don't be me. I'm a I'm a damaged person when it comes to Tokusatsu interaction, I guess. Uh But yeah, anything else for that question you guys want to throw in? Uh cuz I've I've found myself trailing there, which means I think we should probably bump into what we got this week. Mm-hmm. Um on topic, what we got this week, uh I opened Blot finally. And uh, did you know Blot's really good? No, really? I, I heard that. Did you know? I probably I can't be the first only person who did this, but I didn't look at any coverage of him. I just heard he was good. And I was like, yeah, of course he is. I started transforming his legs like an aerial bot to go to his nose goblin mode. And then mm-hmm. I actually got stuck. And I was like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> and I, I checked the instructions and I was like, this is only for the okay. It's only for the limb mode. Uh, so I got tricked. Uh, he's a good toy, but I also got Firestar, uh, who feels a lot looser than Moonracer. All of Wave Five. I did get all of Wave Five off of Amazon Canada. Uh, Firestar has very loose joints in the legs on mine. Uh, feels very much like it feels like a real classic bad version of this is the second go round with this mold. Um, it's fixable in a lot of its ball joints, but it was a noticeable thing out of the package. Also, Amazon Canada sent it in a bubble envelope, so thank goodness I'm not a uh, mint on card oh, collector. Because um, that, it, it wasn't demolished, but it, it sure as heck was like, if you put that on a convention table, someone would immediately argue a $5 discount at you, uh, pretending that they want to buy it for sealed collection. Um, but yeah, they're, you know, they're good deluxes. Um, also, I found so on Blot, I actually because I I, I've, I realized he had those two shoulder cannon mounting points, um, just given the placement of of his five millimeter ports. 
So I made use of those, and I put the Prime Armor Vest on him and put Octopunch's Prime Master in there and put Octopunch's weapon mode in his hands, put his gun up up top as a shoulder cannon along with the Prime Armor pistol, and I was like, Mm -hmm. Blot makes the Prime Armor work. Finally, at the end of the line, someone wears this stuff well, and I finally have someone I can take a picture of and go like, no, this gimmick actually isn't categorically awful. So Blot is actually the best toy in that line because he even can do that. He can wear the stupid vest and look good because of the placement of his bulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I, I talked about this last episode, but Aaron, I got my booster box of Transformers TCG cards. Hey, you want to talk Transformers TCG cards? Because I got three boxes that I didn't talk about before because I would have been the only one with them. Let's talk about them after we talk about all the toys. Okay. So, uh... TJ, did you do any on topic what we got this week? Uh, yes, yes, I did. Oh boy, what did you do? So I, for whatever reason, my Walmart finally decided to get in something exclusive to Walmart. So I now own a G1 Starscream and Devastator. Oh, I still have not seen nice. that Devastator reissue in person. That thing I know will be hard to not just grab. That's a, an attractive box. Mm. I'm. I'm kind of upset. This was found for me. I just got a call and said, hey, I these say Transformers. I've never seen them before. And the picture was just those like <laughs> I've never. All, what are these new I've, Transformers? These yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, I, I, I wish I had been to a store to see him. In a, like, like I wanted the nostalgia trip of just walking down the toy aisle and like there's the old school packaging. So I, I kind of mi- I missed getting that experience, but uh toy wise themselves like now now these are both toys i've had before because like i've got like three other seekers yeah and i I had the g2 constructicon so i had all so that was fine i wasn't prepared for like for how often the seeker mold was reused and reissued how solid starscream feels that's good to hear i mean that's my immediate worry whenever i see new reissues is like are those going to be like coming out of a friggin' emaciated steel mold that looks dead you know mm-hmm. like like it almost feels like a fresh mold it's like yeah. every, like all the hmm. joints on it are super like very nice tight feel to them everything works there's nothing warped or out of position from degradation well i gotta think also the way that a lot of that stars that those guys were built was like with rivets and the like so if there was any issue it'd be absorbed in the fasteners there's not like ball joints right right or anything of that fashion that it'd like once once plastic on plastic those tolerances get out a little bit it's pretty obvious but when it's like plastic through a rivet and screw to plastic then that rivet and screw will be the thing absorbing it. I got a little theory I'll throw out just quickly. If a Japanese reissue release for the Seeker mold happens, I think that would be a good indication that maybe they made a new mold. Uh, Because if if, if suddenly they're trying to cross ocean, get money out of it, then maybe they just did a new one. But otherwise, yeah. Made new daughters off of a master mold and went from there. Well, Well, this is the version that has the remolded hands and the Megatron gun. It's yeah, like like whatever the, yeah. that happened with Soundwave when they because I remember they didn't they like kind of refurb the Soundwave one. Uh, uh, sound, but it Soundwave was... they had to completely reverse engineer to make the mold again. Yeah, yeah, they had to make a new one. 
But like the first time that they did him in blue, he had like the sound blaster chest because that was the last use of it. Uh, or something yeah. Like that. Well, no. Uh, the first reissue Hasbro did had that, yeah, uh, yeah, that's was what I mean. blue with the mm-hmm. sound blaster because that's just the most recent version of the mold. Yeah. Like for thirty five bucks, like it's a nice little nostalgia trip and almost worth it just to have a Megatron with a five millimeter port. It's kick him to everyone else. Yeah. So oh, that nice. was a fun that was a fun thing. I'm now two seekers away from having the old B one group. Alright. Um, it's both of the blue ones, strangely enough. Uh Devastator, much the same way. Uh the only joint I had issue with was I want to say scavenger's arm, scavenger hook. I think it's hook now that I say the it. A little like the pull out weedly arms. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Because one of them came off its mushroom peg, which is an easy enough fix. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, again, everything feels very solid. Everything's very tight and well connected. Uh, there's just something really cool. Like I don't know what it is. It's like maybe it's just like it's the first combiner. Like it's the year it's the year one combiner. It was you know, like such a unified set. There's just something that's always cool about seeing like the old Devastator together. Well it's a it's a very good uh old toy. Like and you know I don't know if it, like this comes off in a weird way, but I think I said this before. Something about Devastator that's unique to him is that he has actually the Constructicons have a lot of qualities that, that are the good qualities of, of Machine Robo GoBots from the 80s, too. Like, just really good, good-looking um, alt modes and robot modes at a very small, pocketable scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a really, a really characterful combination um, that is, it's like, it's very retro in a way where you don't have to make as many excuses, necessarily. Like, there's a lot of part-forming, etc., but, like, it's a very quintessentially retro design where you, I, I don't know i just feel like devastator where the scramble city combiners you're going like oh also these pegheads have to go in and it doesn't really hold in all that great yeah you know like like devastator is like no you slam this together you're, you're parts forming but like a godaiken you know like it's, mm-hmm. it's there's, there's something about that yeah well well as a toy experience like when you look at a scramble city combiner like okay they all have the same square head kind of look and they all kind of form the same way because they all have to do the same things yeah. So it gets a little bit repetitive, and that's the argument I made for uh, Combiner Wars feeling so repetitive, because mm. th- that's kind of how those old combiners went, where you get such different experience out of each part of Devastator, and each one feels very much themselves. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. that's a very it's a very cool approach, and just like I still love like there's so many extra chunks to him, so many extra little bits, and like. The idea I can give a bulldozer a set of wings like he's actually going to fly just it's you know just for the sake of reusing all the com- combination mode bits that's fun yeah like, I, I like I like I like goofy things like that when you figure out how to use all of these extra bits just for something like that but they all have like spots to go is one of my my favorite discoveries as an as a te- like you know late teenage fan uh, like, like I don't know why, just I never had the instructions for them, so I didn't know until like many years later that all the Devastator parts kind of had spots, mm-hmm. um, like very silly spots, but you know, good silly spots. Yeah. So yeah, both like surprisingly like very well put together. They're very solid. So like I was gonna like ask that... like like hooks Devastator hinge like that feels pretty good. Yeah, I I didn't have any issue with it. Like all right, it feels fine. Um, 
one one thing uh all the stickers uh are not the more recent foil stickers they are like super dense like old school stickers oh nice uh, and none i've had no issue with any of them peeling off or at the corners or anything like aside from one that was just really too thin to hold the printing yeah but besides that like thick and like thick enough to like use this like shielding tiles on a space shuttle super dense stickers that I've not seen in a long, long time. And that made me happy just putting it on and just going, this is not going anywhere for a long time. It's weird to say, like, man, it's so great that the paper feels retro. Yeah! Because <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to have better paper now. <laughs> well, I wonder if some of that, too, is like if it went on modern stuff, that it if they went with modern paper or more closer to current stuff fitted like fit in some places do we have places where it's like sticker over like i mean in between layers technically except we never get to apply them so we're yeah (laughs) i I really i think it was just trying to recreate the experience because like that's part of the feel of the original toys stickering it yourself and like that quality of sticker and it makes that makes me excited now because I want that makes me like hope that if he goes on a rollback, maybe just grab a second one so he can just like sticker one up as and make that the toy. It's like you know for a rainy day, I'm gonna sticker me a Devastator. <laughs> that's literally what. Well, get into off topic, but yeah, that's that's I kind of had that day. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, anything else on topic on your end? On topic? No, that'll do it. All right, I actually had a quick other thing. I just because another one I popped open because I tweeted it. I should say I bought my first crash combiner because I found one of those last wave ones, the one with with uh, Bisque and Saberhorn. Uh, mm. So I now have all the Saberhorn toys, and I thought I had all the Bisque toys, but I forgot I don't have the one step changer or the big three step changer, and I want both of those now, especially because someone on Twitter told me the three step changer is actually pretty sick. So. My hope is that I can find them for dirt cheap because they're one-step and three-step changers, and I'm hoping I can find someone who just, you know, really wants to regret sell theirs, and I can take advantage of them. But uh, I'm putting the word out here, you know, in case you want to be taken advantage of. Um, I, I would really like to get those two bisques, and I would like to not pay much money for them. So uh, spread the word. Uh, the Crash Combiner system is way too expensive for what it is, but, boy, it's satisfying when you only have one, and you don't have, like, four or five of them. Uh, like just the, it's a good feel when they go together. And then if you transform them right, like you have to transform Saberhorn manually into legs, which is basically just turning him into a robot and not flipping his head out. But then okay. like, like Bisque, you, sl- you jack him in and then like the chest plate flips up. And then when you let go of him, it turns out a bunch of other stuff had released. And once your hands aren't holding it together, he just springs open into shoulders, arms and a head and like. Like it's like it's like a it's like a fancier one step changer, and I mean that as a compliment. Um, very unposable, uh, very bricky. The individual robot modes, like it's kind of cool how they they deliver the visual, the model design of the character model. I guess is how I'd put it. Um, not perfectly, but it's there. Uh, what a weird idea, <laughs> especially the part where they can also be used as like. They can plug into the limb connections on the five-part combiners from that line, except they can't turn into arms or legs. So it's like, what are you even doing? Uh, 
But yeah, I'm happy I got this one. Like, if I'm going to have one, it's this one. Although I still kind of want the purple Shocknado one, too. But Also, they're like 20 bucks or whatever in Canadian dollars. They are way too expensive uh, for what they are. But... Uh, I'm 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 happy enough. I forgot I I I within a day or two I forgot I had bought it and then I found it in a bag and was like right. So this is kind of like I didn't buy it since I don't remember doing it, uh, which made it an even better toy. Um. Anyway, Aaron, on topic stuff outside of mm-hmm. cards, did you do any any Transformers toys? I got the uh, Bumblebee movie studio series Bumblebee. Are you able to get his vehicle mode to go together into a vehicle solidly? Uh, solidly, no. Damn it! We're still trying uh, to crack the code. It it feels like it has like three too many tabs or. F- four not enough well it's it's four not enough because the tabs like, are all there but none of them click so it's like mm-hmm. an alternator on the in on the bad end of that line where it's like just line up all these tabs and if you don't apply too much pressure to unseat them it'll hold together kind of like a house of cards held together with string uh yeah it's a bummer yeah, man no, so like that's been an issue. The The biggest thing for me in transformation of him was how far up his, like, roof hood stuff is supposed to tuck. It's really unclear in the instructions, like, let me tell you. Like, it can get a lot further up than you think it should, but it also, like, fought me the whole way the first time. I'm like, nah, that image shows it, and I found somebody online that had showed just how far it's supposed to go and i was like it's this really doesn't want to click okay wow okay that went no i think it's supposed to go one more yeah the the notch and curve in the back of his spine line up with what looked like the notch and curve on that let me go click okay i guess i guess it goes there all right yeah that felt terrible the first time i did it Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the other thing i i had issue with is like his uh accessory arm his gun hand specifically um has got like the the two halves that come together Hmm. have nothing that really holds it together well so trying to put it on his forearm it doesn't stay because the hex peg thing is so blown out on it it's like i need to i need to hit it with adhesive and then put it in like a vice so that it will hold together and yeah i think i think on mine that part's fine I didn't have any. I didn't have any problems. I can recall with the accessories. It's just because I like the robot toy a lot, and, and uh, yeah. I like a lot of the transformation. Except you know, for a lot like Masterpiece Movie Prime up until the part at the end when it's supposed to come together, and like mm-hmm. like that's Studio Series Bumblebee. The Volkswagen one is like it's like a toy that I should like who is actively just flipping me off and biting my finger the yeah. entire time. It, like it doesn't like me. <laughs> like I, I wish that his weapons had a better storage method than the kind of like you can store his sword, but then you got to do something else with his gun, or you can store his gun and like leave a sword hanging out sideways. And oh yeah, the official place to put his face mask is so that it's upside down and staring at you. So what's nuts, right? Is th- those all have incredibly good storage spots in vehicle mode. Mm-hmm. It's in. It's like man. <laughs> it's like they forget, and it's even like okay, you could have maybe put something like that in the back of one of the the back half of the cars to just like put the helmet down in there, and it would be mostly disappeared. 
mm-hmm. or you know because it'll actually just like sit in there pretty fine well, so some of that or, stuff is on hinges that don't necessarily want to move but still do right and that helps a bit it just feels kind of freaky but yeah it just it feels like another another full pass would have made it chef's kiss he's a solid lockdown tier to me. Yeah. Um, because it's like, it, the other thing is like, he has ankle tilts and they tilt so far that I thought that they were used for his transformation. Like that they would go like bottom of foot to bottom of foot as I, as I was sitting there messing with it and then had to go back and look at the instructions again. I'm like, no, I made that up on my own, I guess. Okay. Hey Aaron, quick question. Yeah. How are those instructions? I, I didn't I didn't use them. Up, well, I mean, you said you looked at them. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I went back and I looked at them, but yeah. it wasn't like I transformed it with the instructions. But update on the status of Transformers instructions. There's slightly better, but still garbage. Okay, good. <laughs> Got to keep the science alive here. Um, yeah, I feel sad about it, because I don't think that's a bad toy. It's just like, it sucks that it's hard to talk about that toy without kind of just going like, it also does this wrong. Because uh, it could have turned out better. Mm. Hopefully, hey, you know what? Maybe the pattern will hold true, and the gold painted one with the other cassettes will actually be really nice. Uh, I, I've got it in the way on the way. Yeah. So, is it out out shipping yet, or is that it's it's not I, shipping? I keep getting notifications that hey, remember you have this pre order, right? Yeah. Uh, if you actually look on Entertainment Earth site, they pushed it back to November. Oh, woof. Okay. Well. It's pretty close to November now. My American Punch Counterpunch is shipped, so uh, you know I feel I felt like there's hope in that vein for uh, for other stuff to uh, start popping out. That restock happened. Like last I checked last night, he's on Amazon.com in America. So uh, seems like the seems like the, the drought is finally over on, on those Prime Wars trilogy trio figures. Um, but Aaron, any other toys stuff on your end on top? Of Toyetically, toys? no. Then Aaron, let's take a sec to talk about cards. Uh, my main question is, did you, okay, so you got three booster boxes. I got three booster boxes. I had one. Because one of them was supposed to be for you, and you said, nah. I, just, like I said before, I want my second booster box, because I, I kind of only want to get two. I might end up getting three in the long run. I only want one of them to be a foreign purchase, because, like, friggin', I would like to support the game in my country. And if I mm-hmm. get a second booster box, it's going to be a good chance that when it's finally out in Canada, I'm going to be like, oh, I already got everything. So that's why. But in those three booster boxes, did you pull any super rare characters of the two? So across my three booster boxes, I did not. For the character cards, Oof. I got three, three, and two. I got with yeah. one duplicate. It seems like two rares rare. is the average. So I was quite pleasantly surprised to see I got three rares in my box. Um, I got rare. No, I, I think it's like one in. What did I, I saw somebody that had broken down the numbers that it was like one in twelve. Yeah, it's not per box though, because like if you go by right. the Facebook, it's like someone reported they got zero rares in a box, and I was like, yeah. That and I I've, I've seen another report where somebody got four yeah rares in the box, so it's just like one in twelve. I think it's probably like one in twelve, and then I think it's one in seventy four for the super oh, well, rare one in seventy nine or one in seventy nine. Yeah is a super rare. So, and the thing is the way that probability works in reality, each pack has that odds, not I have two packs, so I have a 2 in so it's 79 odd because, chance. Because usually there's a little bit of a collation science that can be applied 
to this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's it is a little odd with the regularity of the the um what I'm looking for here the anomalies to that, but it, it's generally like on a complete average there is like a seventy percent chance if you just fall into the perfect average if you buy a booster box you'll get two rares and if you buy three booster boxes you'll get at least one super rare that's kind of the complete like if if luck is on your side in a very adequate level mm-hmm. it'll turn out like that but but my three rares. I'm really happy with because one of them was Scrapnel, so I could I could do the proper Insecticon team. Uh, one of them was Rare Optimus Prime, who's actually great, uh, and the other one was Shockwave. And my Shadow Play deck is Rare Optimus and Shockwave because their uh, card text is like like friggin' they are each um, a deck by themselves. Like they are each a deck meta, uh, and and I'm really excited to see character cards dictating that. Not just rares either, but. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Like, what was, did you get any any hot rares? So I got Cosmos, all right, which I was really excited for, but then didn't get Nemesis Prime to build that deck. You have Shockwave. Um, I have, I do have Shockwave. Shockwave Cosmos is a deck that people are brewing right now. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to remember because I think I ended up with a duplicate RC. Uh, yes. Out of everything, as a rare. Uh, I'm trying to remember because it's been like probably a month. I since, mean, uh, well, yes, she's a rare. Since, is what I mean there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have them all, but they're in uh, binders, um, out in the other room. But so yeah, I I think that there was a lot of early confusion about like what rare as a card meant. For, as a battle card versus rare as a card as a character card. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of worry that I've actually been talking down a little bit because there's worry mm-hmm. that like you only get like two rares and a booster, and it's like you get a rare battle card per bo- you get thirty rare battle cards in a booster box, and right. ostensibly those are more valuable than a rare character card. Like the rare characters are not bad, um, but they are not necessary on the same level as a good pool of battle cards. Um, mm-hmm. A character card cannot do anything by itself. There is no character that is a win button, in my opinion. Even Nemesis Prime is appearing in a lot of very powerful decks, but he requires a deck to support him. And I believe there are a number of decks either proven to counter versions of that deck uh, or probably will. Like, I believe Shockwave is a counter to Nemesis Prime because Nemesis Prime is about churning through your deck multiple times. Shockwave mm-hmm. literally is when he's in robot mode. Every single card you discard from your hand is one damage on one of your characters. So I, the way I see Nemesis Prime working is, if it's Nemesis Prime versus Shockwave, I sure hope you're able to get your Nemesis engine going faster than my free and Shockwave is punching him in the kneecaps uh, for every piece of coal he's burning. Um, I believe this game is very much structured a lot more around ca- character synergies than any given character and around battle card. Uh, deck building that a booster box I think completely gives you a good pool of. Um, I have enough to build two decent decks simultaneously out of one booster box. That's so I've built um, an Insecticon deck because that looked like it'd be an interesting thing to to start with and I built it pretty I mean I built it entirely off of like my extra so I went through as I was opening and sorting and went like, okay, here's playset number one, and then started on, and I think I ended up with an entire playset of, well, obviously of commons, most likely of uncommons, and I got at least one playset of every rare, 
and then was except for a couple of them and then was into like potentially two play sets for some rares mm-hmm. the the way that it breaks out though because i had across three boxes i had two rare battle cards that i didn't get a single one of yeah and, so and that, I'm that's what like, was nuts to not me. Not sure how that happens. In, in my when one I, box, I got a play set of of uh, Swarm, and I was like, mm-hmm. "It's weird to me that I got a play set of a tribal oriented rare, as well as four out of five of the Insecticons, and the only, only one I'm missing is Chop Shop, who is not bad but not necessary." Uh, that was that was the Insecticons box. Yeah, I was like, did I like did they collate a friggin' like Insecticons booster box or something like? Um. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of the the. It's weird. The more that I'm reading about the way the booster boxes are playing out, because like it it certainly is randomized. It's just like mm-hmm. a lot of very odd scenarios are coming out of those. Um. But have you have you been able to get any games in? I have not. Um, All right. The one uh FLGS that's the one that's nearest me that I wasn't sure if they were even going to order a box of it. Like when I came in to pick it up, they were like, "Hey, so would you crack open that box and and run a game night?" And I'm like, "No, I did my 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 box, not like." Could they not crack open not a like box and then ask box. you to to run a game night off their like, box? Like I, I I said, like I I'd be happy to like, you know, participate and help, but I'm not going with my box. So like all that they have now is like four starter sets in there which is kind of saddening guys like i don't know yeah (laughs) and then so then the further away flgs uh that i got another one of my boxes at um they had like a display thing Mm -hmm. for it so it had like it, about like what I'd seen for Walmart, I think had where it has a place to hold two or three starters, and then a bunch of boosters vertically. Yeah, and they had they had one of those out at least. Like if they want to run an event, if they have four starters, like the the people have devised a pretty a pretty decent, if a little bit bloated, sealed um, setup for this game involving a starter and three boosters, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, or two boosters. People even figured out a drafting setup. Um, if you have, it's like five boosters a piece, I think, uh, but a way to draft, uh, that, that makes some sense. Like, yeah, there's, there, there's legs on this game and I'm hoping that it can get some hooks in because, uh, yeah. I, I haven't, for whatever reason, the deck building in this game or the deck brewing in this game feels way more engaging to me than any other game has so far. Yeah. Well, it's also like part of the thing with Magic the Gathering is if you're going for, Across all time, there's some t- like twenty thousand different cards that are out it's there. It's so frustrating to me that I can't connect with deck brewing and magic because I like that game a lot, and I feel like I just net deck because there's too many cards, and I, yeah. I can't I can't look at all of them at the same time, and I get confused. And then, and another bummer with magic is even on the nicest level, if you try to brew and you get like two or three steps past the front door people will just start telling like oh that card's no good replace it with this one that card's no good replace it with this one and it, yeah. eventually it's like whether even if you didn't want a net deck suddenly you're net decking right uh would, would, oh there there are these three strictly better cards in this format than that well yeah but this is what i already have the four of and that's like a a five percent difference because it has some other 
conditional cantrip in there. No, nope, yeah. this one's better. It's like, well, I, it's, uh, okay, fine. Because like, here, here's my experience with Transformers TCG deck building that has made me so excited about it is like ignoring the a character cards is like, all right, you already have a, a neat top level theme establishment you can do. But just talking about the battle cards, there are like four <sighs> basic directions to go, uh, which is like, do you build towards um, raising attack levels, raising defense levels, or do you build towards bold or tough? Which means instead of building the base attack or defense, you build the deck towards flipping lots of attack and defense, which means building certain ratios of orange or blue pips. Uh, those pips mm-hmm. are huge for deck building because right. suddenly every single card is valid. Even uh, useless, well, not useless, but way less useful cards. Like there's an armor, um, improvised armor. It just gives you tough one. It's not a very good armor card, but it's a double orange pip flip card. Um, right. And and I, the the flipping thing also meaning that you don't have a finite library. Your 40 battle cards are infinite and forever cycling. And also... They're not protected. There's not really a protected, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tutorable order to them because they're always right. going to get involved. Like you can, you can semi tutor slash preload your flips, but the 40 cards are in constant motion in a way that like, uh, it's just on multiple levels. It makes deck building more interesting. It means you don't actually have to have play sets of everything to still be, you can have a one of that is still valid. Because even in a in a right. fast game, you're gonna blow through your deck at least once, you know. Like oh, there's there's so much about it. You're, that, you're, like, there's never gonna be a time where it's like, oh shoot, that was that was the bottom of my deck. I was never going to see that card. Yeah, you you like you might not see the card because you might just blow past it constantly or keep flipping it, but mm-hmm. it's always potentially there. It's just there's it, not a hopeless situation and there's not a controlled situation. At least, you know, to my, to my, I'm still very new to card games. I don't know a lot about ratios, but, um, playing this game in constructed, like Hoopla came by, uh, a load of Hoopla on Twitter, in fact. Um, and we built two, uh, tried to build two decent decks, not perfect decks, but like two fairly balanced decks. And then I ran Insecticons and he ran the starter deck characters. And like, we played best two out of three and it was pretty tight gaming and it was mm-hmm. fun. Uh, and the, the thing is, I think with, like, I've kind of just run through the one that I built. I don't think even, like, I don't think that there's maybe enough in the game yet to make horrible min-maxing. It's, it's Like, in places where, like, even aside from the fact that there's the the slower actual start to the game i don't know if there's uh like there's no turn 3 kill so there there is um however as far as i've read there is no turn 3 kill that is unstoppable unless you have a very specific antidote um, but there is a Nemesis Optimus deck that someone was running um, at, a, at a tournament where they were they went four zero with it and were regularly pulling off like like basically one hit kills on every character across the board. Um, a thing about this game, by the way, that is very different from the starter set. There's a common card called Force Field, and when I first saw it, it's like if you this it's it's a piece of equipment. When it gets used, it gets scrapped, and it's if this equipped character takes five or more damage. They will only take four damage. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. when are you ever going to take that much? Because I only played starter versus starter. I didn't realize in Constructed, this game gets to Star Realms levels of 
stacked oh, combo yeah. damage like the dino yeah i guess deck? i guess that that pr- yeah either the the prime with what is it bold and then if he has his blaster or whatever there was oh, one of those that could be that. like up to a bold five or something yeah, insane also bold stacks and the dino right. the dinobot deck uh, the classic Dinobot deck that's being, you know, classic. The 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 basic Dinobot deck structure right now is very much based on your Dinobots flipping somewhere between eight to fifteen cards on attack, mm-hmm. like stacking bold to like bold twenty and stuff, whatever. Like, so this game actually is about being able, like, you can one shot a lot of characters. The thing is that. Um, and another thing I like about the game's balance, if you just go right ahead and, like, I'm a one-shot your character, whoever you did that with just became a target uh, as well, right. given the, the way that the game works. Like, there's, there's a... I, I mean, a lot of this is colored by the fact that I also really like Transformers. Therefore, a Transformers game doing all of this is ten times better than, like, if Keyforge, for instance, was doing all of this. Because uh, mm-hmm. Keyforge is not Transformers. It doesn't have those hooks in me. But... I am still continually impressed that a Transformers branded card game is doing all of this uh, in a way that makes me excited to play it and build it. Um, and that I'm not like, like, I don't feel myself making excuses for it. Like, I am making excuses for a lot of potential flaws, but I don't feel like I'm generating those myself. I feel like I'm just stating <laughs> yeah, what's happening. Yeah, and I happening. think even the potential flaws are just that it's not something that's, like, entirely filled out yet. Exactly. But, like, but even then... I, I, I think <laughs> if they went for something to try and fill out more, you know, because a normal, like, Magic the Gathering set is, what, 300, 400 cards? And this is 81. To, to try and cover everything, and this is 81 plus the character cards. Yeah. So... But the, but the thing is, even with just that, there are four basic deck archetypes regardless of character. And if you get into characters, if you're running Rare Optimus, you're building a deck based on being a majority action cards. Um, and if you're running, say, my Shadow Play deck, it's that plus a lot of those action cards are to force discard. Uh, if you're running um, some of the cars decks I've seen, you're actually aiming to try to flip two to three white pips in combat, mm-hmm. which is very hard to set up. But like that's a that's another deck type, a more a more specified one. Um, like you know, obviously Insecticons and Dinobots tend to be bold oriented decks, which is one of the four basic deck types. But the fact that there's four basic deck types and at least two or three niche, very different deck types in this friggin' tiny wave one set, like like blows my mind. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very excited to actually play a, a bunch of this at TFCon. Like, I honestly, TFCon Chicago 2018 to me is um, priority one: meet with friends and do panels. Priority two: play card games. Priority three: mm-hmm. go to the dealer. Like, I don't really care about the dealer room this year. I want to spend a lot of time playing this card game. <laughs> yeah, I actually had that exact discussion with a couple of people. Who were like, I think I'm more excited to go and see friends. And I'm like, yes, welcome to the second phase of convention going. Yeah, but like, I mean, usually, I mean, I've been I've been in that phase for a while. But like, usually it's like, like, like in this case, playing I mean, partly because I'm in Canada and I'm so isolated from the card game still in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. Playing this card game is aside from the panels I'm on is kind of the most exciting thing to me as an event uh, for TFCon, mm-hmm. just cause like I get to play it <laughs> and not with decks I'm making from my one booster box. Like I can make the shadow play deck and not worry about making another deck that can go up against it as well. You know? Um, 
it was not to like denigrate anything else going on at the convention like obviously i'm also in the, the like i got it back into card games in april this year it's all still very fresh to me uh so who knows if this if this sticks out but like it's it's interesting and fun that i have this kind of in our fandom sort of niche thing i really want to do at tfcon um so yeah i'm 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 very excited and happy with my polls uh that that getting shockwave and optimus is just like i'm i'm so excited to try that out um anyway we talked a lot about the card game aaron anything else you want to throw in there you uh no excited i'm to excited actually, to get actually play to it? actually get chances to play yeah and and have somebody else to sit down and go through and like here's everything that i got and like put together a deck idea that's not just like there are plenty of decks that i've seen online that i could just straight copy but as we said don't don't want to don't feel like doing that what else i've been so happy with is that the staple cards of a basic deck are mostly commons Mm -hmm. and it's like if you have a deck id and you don't know where to start it's like okay take three rapid conversions take three brainstorms take three grenade launchers take three force fields take three incoming transmissions and then start building. And, like, you have a, a foundation there of cards mm-hmm. that will probably help you. Um, rapid conversion. Man, off the starter decks, like, the card that says play this action and flip modes. And you're like, that seems important. It's, like, the single most important card in the game, in my opinion. Like, you need a playset of that in almost every deck. And it's a common. Because, like, so many of the more synergy-based decks are going to be based on character cards with flip actions. So a card that can make them change modes, that is huge! And, yeah. and like, it is the crux of a lot of strategy. Um, and I'm so happy that it's a common. <laughs> like, uh, it's, hard, it's, hard, it's hard to overstate that enough. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to all this. I'm going to stop rambling about it. Let's get to a little taste of off-topic. TJ, if you're still there, uh, with us on the moon here, uh, did you do any off-topic stuff this week? Uh, I'm sorry, TJ died of old age about ten minutes ago. Ah, uh, TJ, let me just play the play this ready-for-action card. It will untap you, uh, and uh, it's, it'll, it'll make you ready for one more round. Only because you have a card for that. Yeah, it's got Ironhide's face on it, but, you know, it's, it counts. Uh, so not a whole lot, uh, to talk about on top, off topic for toys. Uh, a couple more ride watches came in. Oh, you actually or, got it. Some of them. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're ridiculous to find right now. It's going to even out. I, I've seen them. They're selling, they're selling, but they're all appearing on Mandarake and they're start like so, some of the, the belts restocked on HLJ. So clearly because they have a thing they want to sell to put all the watches in. It mm-hmm. seems like they're doing new like extra runs on those DX watches constantly. Uh I I would hope so. Uh like right now I think they have like two in stock. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's, it's still early days. <laughs> it's just month two. It's hoping uh, for a lot of reruns here. I think a it'll lot happen. of yeah, because like it's, it is one of the worst. Like normally, I don't have much trouble. Like I know when HLJ stocks, and I know when the pre-orders go up. But this is just nuts. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, but I got Drive and X Aid, so yay! Hey, I got a couple more, and they're still fun. 
No, uh, off topic. <laughs> so, I have a new ceiling fan. All right, and that's about it. Well, good. Well, no, well, here's well, I'll tell you how the week's gone. So, the ceiling uh, fan blew up. Close. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> You're not far off. So, I went into the week thinking, okay, my phone's starting to give me a lot of trouble. It's probably time for a replacement. So, I'm looking up phones and I'm throwing things on eBay so it doesn't hurt my budget too much. And as soon as my phone starts really acting up on me, my monitor of less than a year burns out. So, I get that to deal with. And then the very next day, as I'm dealing with both of those issues, I start smelling something burning. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, luckily, I actually like figured out where it was coming from rather quickly, shut the breakers off. Luckily, I know an electrician. Uh, apparently there were a couple wires that got loose from improper installation of the previous ceiling fan and came very close to making a far bigger problem. That's lousy. So you, so you got one of those fusion, uh, mobile phone ceiling fan monitors then? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so needless to say, there's a lot more on eBay right now. Oof. But... Yeah, so that that's kind of how the week has gone for me. For whatever reason, life decided to get really expensive on me really fast. So what it means is, is ideally you now have soon will have three expensive pieces of hardware you don't have to worry about for a while, and hopefully their uh, their death dates won't line up again. Yeah, hopefully that that was okay. Uh, I was I started selling things to afford a new phone, but after this week, I'm. Gonna have to pay for an exorcism, I think. Uh, well, you know, planned obsolescence in the tech world is a strange and myriad topic. Uh, you, you wouldn't think that a monitor, a phone, and a ceiling fan would actually link up, but we do have wireless internet these days. Hey, I, I was gonna say, I I was afraid I was gonna have something similar happen, because just over the weekend, my car's um, blower motor for, like, the ac or heat or whatever yeah. like the fan that pushes it from where it makes it hot or cold air out into everything else quit working Ooh. and as i was doing the troubleshooting steps it was it's either the switch or the blower motor and the switch isn't bad to replace the blower motor is step one take dash out of car step two take like middle layer of all of the guts of the dash out of the car. Take step car three, out of car. <laughs> step three, two screws, pull out. Oh, step four, screws. put the two screws back in, put everything back together. And I ended up like opening up the fuse box and replacing all the fuses, even though they looked fine and pulled out the big relay box that controls a bunch of this nonsense went, wow, this is a sealed thing. Uh, I'll put this back in place and hopefully it'll work. And then it did. And so I'm hoping that at least gets me past convention season and into, like, the spring so that I don't have to worry about defrosting. And then maybe I can just have the car spontaneously catch fire when I have everything out of it, and then we can get insurance on it. Like, cars are amazing devices, but also, at a certain point, don't you ever look at a car and you just kind of go, like, why, why still like this? 
Mm-hmm. Why why two screws after remove car from car? <laughs> uh well, that sucks. I hope that you guys have better uh better I was going to say device fortunes. That's a weird way to refer to a car. I'm just going to roll with it. I hope you have better device fortunes uh going forward. Um also a weird way to refer to a ceiling fan. Now that I'm really thinking about mm-hmm. it. Um well, off topic over here. Let me tell you. Uh I uh, I I've been continuing to really maybe dangerously hack together a magnetic storage case for my Tyranid models because they're all spiky and spindly and weird to put into foam. And I'm like right. just using two-part epoxy glue everywhere and drilling holes through sheet metal and plastic bins and screwing them together. And then I bought ceramic magnets to try to hold stuff together, and now I'm using magnets on the outside of the box to keep things from tipping over. Um I don't think I should put this box near a computer, but it is in the same room as a computer, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and I also want to get some more ceramic magnets for reasons I don't have enough, okay? Um, but it's it's kind of fun making a box. <laughs> it's rapidly losing the quality of, quote, much cheaper than just buying a box from someone. But it's mine, and I made it. And it also, uh, Coda, two-part epoxy glue smells really bad for a while did you know that it smells like um yeah tupoxy is generally pretty nasty it smells like if cheese could fart is kind of how i tend to process it but also it's even when it's cured if you touch it that smells all over your finger you you Mm -hmm. you try to peel that dried two-part epoxy glue off the plastic mixing tray to try to get a second use of that mixing tray and you scratch your nose you just like oh i shouldn't have scratched my nose now all i smell is epoxy and i'm starting to get used to it which scares me more (laughs) soon it's gonna be i haven't had a hit of epoxy lately you know what if i gotta get my epoxy (laughs) what if i just smear a little ring around each nostril so i always smell it nah um i get lifted up in the day man it's fun though i'm I'm having fun with this other i'm taking on a lot of weird hobby directions this year because it's been, this last year has been very uh uh how do you put it this is gonna sound harsh and it really is weird it's weird no i was actually just gonna say negative it's not like it's been a, a bad year it's just like internally it's been very negative and uh, getting into all these tabletop games has been very helpful to me. Um, so I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with them. But uh, also, I got I to gotta be careful with all this epoxy glue <laughs> everywhere. Um, just to think of you it. won't be able to make it to TFCon because you've glued yourself to yourself and a chair oh, I and can, a table listen, and I'm, the floor. I have already lost a plate of skin off my thumb to glue. I'm fine. It grew back, I think. Let me look. Yeah, it's grown back. Um, I'm, I'm prepared to to do the big pull if I have to get off my chair. You know, I have band-aids. <laughs> uh, I did manage to cut my heel with a box cutter by accident, which is hard to explain. Um, did, did you lose a knife on the floor and then found the knife on the floor? No, I had my, you know, when you don't sit cross-legged in a chair, but you sit with like your one leg up on the other like leg. The foot tucked up underneath yeah. the other. Yeah. And then I did a big sweeping motion with a box cutter to cut a plastic bag with a Shoto Kamen Rider in it. And somehow just really misjudged where my heel was. 
uh, and it wasn't a deep cut. It was like a real superficial flesh wound, like just a real like surface scratch, but mm-hmm. enough to make me kind of go like, that's impossible. I need to go to sleep. <laughs> If I'm managing to almost melee myself in the foot with a box cutter, uh, I need I need to take a break. Um, no blood, you know. It was fine. I just, it was the kind of thing where you're like, oh, I just felt that happen. I just I know contact was made, not critical, but just enough to really perturb me. Um, so don't 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 wave box cutters around um, unless you're a professional like me. Uh. I don't think of anything else off topic. I've been having adventures, let me tell you. Um, but I think that's about it. I tried sautéing broccoli for the first time ever. Usually I steam my broccoli. Uh, and I, I didn't want to steam it because I didn't feel like having it be potentially mushy. So I tried sautéing it. And uh, it was actually pretty darn good. Chicken breasts, however, I forgot, are bastards to cook. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I really don't want to bother with the oven this time. I'm just going to try basting and, and stovetop searing them. And it should go fine. And they looked gorgeous when I had cooked them just right until I measured the internal temperature. And they were 25 Fahrenheit below the minimum for chicken. And I was like, mm-hmm. great. Well, got to get them to 165. And then by the time I did, they still tasted fine. But they were no longer nice and juicy. And I was yeah. like, all right, you know, I guess to, if I'm... To do chicken on a stovetop, you've got to make sure they're all very regularly sized. Yeah, yeah. I didn't pound these at all. Um, I should have just done the cast iron in the oven because it works. It's just like I just didn't want to do the extra work. I just mm-hmm. wanted to have... I did end there's up... A re- there's a reason you got to do that extra work. Well, this is, also, this was very much a sustenance meal I was making. And it worked. I've been oh. I've been testing out... I'm not doing keto. I'm, I know I don't have the, the uh, uh, what do you call it, discipline for it yet. Mm-hmm. But I've been trying a few little keto tweaks. So uh, this was for breakfast, basically, late breakfast. I made two chicken breasts and three large chunks of broccoli sautéed. And then over the course of about an hour, kind of slowly just ate all of it. And then I actually wasn't hungry until the next day. Uh, I just I just I went for a big walk, did a whole bunch of stuff, got home, uh, felt tired, just went to sleep, woke up, and then had a normal breakfast. And I was like, you know, that's like the good version of eating one meal in a day. Uh, I've also been eating a lot of asparagus. Did you know asparagus is great? Um, mm-hmm. I have a method for cooking that I'm really happy with. The only thing, I'm still getting used to the part where you smell of asparagus for the next day after you have it. Yeah. Like, not just it's... your pee. But like, kind of, there's like a, everything. Yeah, yeah, and it's not even. I would say it's not even bad. It's just off. It's not mm-hmm. normal. Um, but asparagus is apparently very good for you. Uh, and it's apparently a, a vegetable you can just eat as much of as you want. Technically, um, I have been eating too much of it at once, though. I would just make the bushel of asparagus and eat the bushel of asparagus, and then boy, did my stomach not hurt but certainly feel weirdly active afterwards. So I'm like... Your stomach's like, oh, I gotta do this thing. Hold on. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like it's coming out of me. It's just like there's activity inside of me a lot more frequently than usual. And so I'm like, okay, next time I make asparagus, I really need to remember to put half of it in a container to reheat later. Because it is good for you. But it's it's a very violent vegetable. Not, Not even violent. I don't know. It's... There's nothing subtle about it, I guess is the way I'd put it. Um, no, I used to be, um, like, way back in the day, 
uh, out at the family farm, the field across from our one of our areas, like back in the 40s, 50s, was asparagus, mm. like a field of asparagus um, back before we got a bit more monoculture than we are now. Uh, however, asparagus is impossible to get rid of. So the ditches along both sides of the road is nothing but asparagus. Like you can go out there and just pick all the asparagus you want. So specifically us and the guy that farms that field don't spray or mow those ditches because you can go out and collect bundles and bundles of asparagus. Yeah. I even read up on how to store it in the fridge because I I was tired of buying one asparagus at a time, so I buy like twenty five bucks of it now at a time. Because mm-hmm. uh, I found and this is really weird. Here's a fact for you all: the way to store asparagus in the fridge is to store it standing upright in an inch or two of water, uh, with a plastic bag over the top. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Looks like I have a grow up going on in my fridge. But, uh, yeah, also, here's my last health food thing. Today, I am attempting to give it a try where instead of having chips, if I want a salty snack, I'm having almonds and cashews. Uh, so, basically, I've been orienting towards, like, lower carb, higher fat, but not going for ketosis. Um, mm-hmm. And just having lots of greens. And, I don't know, I'm feeling a little better when I do that. Um, I definitely can't do... I tried doing three days of nothing but um, pork and asparagus. And by day three, my stomach felt really weird. Uh, so I think I uh, that my system prefers to have variants. So I'm I'm not yeah. I'm not having asparagus literally every day. I just thought I'd give it a try to see what it would be like. And I was like, that much asparagus over three days is like where I just said it makes you feel really active. I actually was having trouble sleeping on night two. I was like, oh, I just don't feel like <laughs> my body just doesn't feel like it's shutting down. It just keeps going. Things churning and moving in your gut. <laughs> and it, I don't know what's going on. It, yeah, and it's like it doesn't hurt. It's not a stomach ache. It's not like diarrhea. It's just like it's just there's activity inside me, just enough for me to like not feel relaxed. Uh, but a bunch of that stuff and then taking a really big walk, that felt great. Anyway, uh, that's me being a health food expert doing half of ketogenic, but not the part where the fat gets used. So I probably still have a gut. Anyway, uh Eat better, you know? Learn how to cook something simple, and you'll feel better, in my opinion. Um, What's the other thing I want to say? If you think you don't know how to cook, you do. Uh, You just got to find the thing you can cook. I don't know. I have enough friends in my life. Cooking is is entirely a thing that I think everybody should be able to cook some sort of meals for themselves, figure out what you like to make, work on that, and then, like, take what you make and then find the thing that's like maybe a step different from that yeah or, or a parallel and then, a similar one uh, right and then like bridge out from there and find different things that you can make that are in the same genre and take a step out from that and continue to do that until yeah. you like again I, why I will will say why I like you know good eats so much because it was very much like this is how you you make a casserole, not how you make a chicken and broccoli casserole. But this this is what you need for a casserole. I'll show you how to make the chicken broccoli casserole, but know that you can like make it a tuna broccoli casserole or a chicken and and asparagus casserole or or however. Like these are learning the methods 
and not like I have this recipe and I can follow this recipe step for step. Yeah, and it's an, instead it's an important distinction I want to make. Where I always I get worried when I want to start preaching about this because it's kind of like. I don't want to fall into the very easy and tempting trap of just going like, you need to learn how to cook because I know how to, so you should too. And it's like, obviously, like, there's going to be lots of very legit reasons why like folks can have a lot more trouble cooking than other folks will. Um, but it is, it's, it's just such a, a, um, a, a low impact path towards not even like super health, but just like better health than eating prepared stuff all the time. And it often tastes better. Even if it's not made very well, you eventually at least will cook to your taste. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I douse stuff in seasoning to the point of, like, like I, I really like roast garlic and pepper seasoning, and I really like garlic powder. Uh, I'm probably obliterating some flavor profiles with the way I use it for something that I'm going to eat by myself. But it means I'm making something I really like the taste of. Mm -hmm. Uh so I don't know. It's really worth cooking. Um, and also, if you want to get healthier, try to find if you're really into asparagus and broccoli, because those are good vegetables. And it's also you should pronounce it broccoli so you can be cool like me and my mom. Uh, anyway, I'm hella rambling because I'm actually kind of dozy. So I'm going to say we should probably call it on this episode, unless you guys have any other off topic stuff you really want to hit up. Uh, I, I'm bald now. Oh, right. Right, I'm not dreaming that part, and 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 that's in like two weeks. So, yeah. Oh man. So yes, extra life game day is is in uh, just a, a just uh, under two weeks. It's in eleven days from when we're recording now. Um. So yeah, if uh, you still want to donate, you can donate to me. You can donate to Chris. You could donate to. Like, right now, the outstanding thing with Alfie is she needs to make $100, and she's $45 away from that, uh, for me to keep my goatee, because when I did the I'll shave my goatee challenge and then stepped out of the bathroom after doing that, I was told never, ever again. So, her goal is to make $100 so that I keep my goatee. I'm still not quite sure how it all shakes out like that, but you can do those donations and help sick kids in need yeah ideally this podcast will be up before the weekend because uh that would suck to not do that so yeah uh either way like more imminently you should also if you're at tfcon come say hi to us because we're gonna have a bunch of panels going on we got podcast panels um the yep. usual times friday and uh sunday me and aaron are actually going to be the hell people to deal with on the podcast panel on friday because we're also going to be helping with the transformers tcg meetup stuff like we will have just i think by the schedule it literally we will be doing it when jeremy from transmissions is probably really like would have liked for us to go and help plan the panel that's about to happen so yeah <laughs> We'll figure it all out, but there's uh, Transformers TCG stuff uh, on the schedule. I don't know the full nature of it, but, like, those are meetup times. Obviously, that's not the only place you're allowed to play it uh, if you want to try playing elsewhere. And uh, mm -hmm. also, I've got two panels. I've got Why Do We Enjoy the Toy 2, which I'm very excited to do because it's my favorite panel to do. And we've got the fan media panel, which I am trying. I am still kind of brain churning on it. It's going to be the crowd collaborative video review thing, but I really want to tweak it to be just the parts everyone has fun with. Uh, is is the best way I can put it. So I, I got to kind of figure that out still. But uh, yeah, I got I got that panel on Saturday. Why do we enjoy the toy Sunday? Both at eleven a.m. Um, lots of stuff going on, and I'm gonna try to keep it real chill. Um, also, I'm gonna bring. I found my uh, my couple of IDW comics, my five IDW comics. I actually bought over the last couple of years. I'm gonna bring them with me and try to get them signed. 
Um, I, I don't, you know, I can't pull a Daryl from transmissions of like showing up with like, you know, a metal briefcase and like having a whole operation for it because I'm still kind of new to the thing. But I'm hoping that I don't, you know, sort like, of custom backpack solution. Yeah, you know, I just, I, I've been trying to check on Twitter. Like, it's polite, right? To go up to an artist and go, like, hey, I have this comic you worked on. Could you please sign it? Like, that, they won't like jump over the table and punch me, right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Oh, man, I hope not. I just don't want to make their day weird. I would, but also, I'd like them to write their name on a comic book uh, that they worked on. That's weird. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But TFCon is coming up. That's happening. And then after TFCon is probably of an astonishingly short amount of time until someone finds Siege Toys, to be honest. I feel like we're, yeah. we're not very far away from that. Uh, what if the first ones of them show up at TFCon? Someone already has an in-hand set of photos of flywheels. Granted, someone out of China. Um, oh, by the way, I meant to bring this up at the top of the show. I'll just say it at the end. Did you all see the uh, rumor that came out? Aside from the leaked list of names, literally the rumor that 2019-2020 is going to be studio series combining movie Devastator? Yeah, I heard about that. I'm having 09 Toy Fair flashbacks when I thought that was going to be happening in 09. I'm really trying to not get my hopes up. But also, a bunch of Japanese listings were shown, and one of them was... Um, pogo stick bulldozer man so mm-hmm. stuff's had also another one, one was a leader class megatron so now my hope's also up for an 07 megatron like i didn't put them in the topic list because it's just names and rumors and i feel like that's less interesting to talk about than bot bots but there you go we, we mentioned it here at the end anyway with all that said i think we covered all the bases so uh and until next time uh hope to see you at tfcon if you're going and if not you'll hear from us anyway uh but either way, travel safe and please stay safe in general. Add all that up. I don't know what the f it means, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.